Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here on a Friday afternoon, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers here, Carrie Davis in the house, Andrew Marsh on the dials. Our guy Anthony, this is his last day off, so I hope he's enjoying it. I hope he's had a wonderful holiday with his family, especially with his wife and children. Yep. And then uh, we'll have the band together on Monday for its first Wait, official Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday, yeah, because we got bowl games on Monday. Oh, we got, yes, New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I wanted to come in. I, I know, but yeah. you'll be by yourself if you came in on Monday. Yeah, I know. Those. I was I, <laughs> I was kind of shocked because I thought, well, Kerry Davis is a team player. He'll be there. No matter what, he'll show up. Then I found out Kerry's not showing up. I don't think so. I don't think then we had to be here on Monday. Wasn't showing up. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't I showing up on the schedule. Ryder wasn't showing up. Yeah, you might have been in here by yourself. And I think all of the people uh, who weren't supposed to show up on Monday just didn't show up today. You hear? <laughs> either because the hallways are barren again i want to yeah. be in the sales department i would love it that's what i want to be you, you know how to work the dials and and yeah. turn things up and bring yourself back in so you can do a one-man show yeah what could go wrong right <laughs> what could go what wrong? could go yeah. wrong nothing nah, that's great okay. either way we'll have the whole band together starting on tuesday for the uh, new version of the fast lane which we're all very excited to get started. Uh, I'm also excited to see the Blues tonight play the Colorado Avalanche for a couple of reasons. The last time the Blues played the Colorado Avalanche, beat the wheels off them. It's pretty fun. That's pretty good. Especially in Colorado. I was like, yeah. okay, this bizarro world today. You you just want to, well, I know you want to see a win. Obviously, you, you enjoy when This is part of your, yeah. I mean, we all want to see the Blues win, but I think just the continuance of this this competitive nature that they're showing, this effort that they're showing, and if you do those things, even when you play against teams that may be better than you on paper, you give yourself you give yourself a chance to win when you do that. That's yeah, important. And yeah. look, the team is five and one under Drew Bannister right now, and in this small homestand, they had a big comeback win mm-hmm. against the Chicago Blackhawks. They had a solid 60-minute effort against the Dallas Stars, hung on to the win there against a very good hockey club. And now to close out this little homestand, they've got the Colorado Avalanche, who are first place in the Central Division. They have a ton of star power on their team, but they have been struggling on the road here Mm -hmm. as of late. And the last game that they played, they had a 4-0 lead on the Arizona Coyotes. 
And the Coyotes won that thing. Yep. And Georgiev lost his mind. <laughs> the goaltender for the Avalanche, he lost his mind. He tried to break that stick 17 times. I still don't think it broke. No, it couldn't break it. Yeah. If I'm the stick company, I'm like using that as advertisement. Yes. Yeah, our sticks don't break. They don't break. <laughs> don't worry, parents. You won't, you won't have to pay so much because yeah. our sticks are good. It'd be good for a lifetime. But either way, it's a big test for the Blues. And I'm wondering, you know, what can we take away from this game against the Avalanche tonight? Because they do they have been struggling on the road. And, and to recap a little bit, too, to, to go back further, Kerry, you know this, but some of our listeners may not. One of the Avalanche's top defensemen, Devon Taves, on record following a win. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they won a game. And he was on record saying that there are some guys in this locker room that think they're playing pretty good and they're just kidding themselves. That's um, <laughs> that's well, bold, right? It, it is bold, but I, I guess you are setting a standard for what the expectation is for your team. And if you aren't playing well, and, and I guess it was some foreshadowing, right? Because if you said that after a win and then you go out and give up a four-goal lead and lose, that's uh-huh. probably you understanding that, yeah, you think this is good enough, it's clearly not good enough, and then you got the answer versus the, uh, the Coyotes where you lost that game. So they probably understood it and hope. No, not hopefully. Hopefully for them, but not for us. <laughs> they don't get things corrected tonight, but going forward, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, and, and I think that's the test here for the Blues is, you know, a couple things. One, what version of the uh, of the Coyote, or of the Colorado Avalanche are you going to get? Mm-hmm. And then what version of the Blues are you going to, to show them? I think when, and you know this, when you're a team that is kind of had been scuffling in the way that they did, you learn to focus more on yourself than your opponent and and doing the things you need to do correctly. And I think the Blues have been doing that. I think they've been focusing on the game that they need to play. As you you talk about being more more aggressive, being having more more effort and taking more shots. That was the one thing that was driving me crazy earlier in the season. Just shoot the puck. Good things tend to. I mean, I, 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 you played hockey a long time, right? Yeah. I, I've never played hockey in my life. Yeah, not not on yet. not yet because we're gonna go we're working do that. on that. We're gonna carry. do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that the only way to actually win a game, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. is to shoot the puck into the net. What is that? Is am, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Okay, good. Right, I've been watching. <laughs> I've been paying attention. Yeah, look at you, gold star. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. So they're shooting the puck more which is giving you more opportunities, rebounds, people in front of the net, tips, uh, pucks being tipped in by guys standing in front in front of the net yep. and, and creating interference for the goaltender. It, it's It's been really good to watch this hockey team play in the way that they've been playing. Still want the power play to oh, yeah. five on threes. Not, just, not want, need. Need, need. need. Need it. For sure. So, But all in all, it has been much better than it was earlier in the, in the season. Yeah, and I think that... Uh, you know, from the very first game that Drew Bannister has taken over, like the coach bump is one thing, but I think conceptually the Blues have been trying to put more pucks to the net early yeah. in the games. And that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start the first period and you're eight, nine, ten minutes in, you have one shot on net, you really haven't established anything. Right. And even though it, you, you may not have scoring chances per se, like official scoring chances, but you have six or seven shots on net, right. at least you're generating something towards the other goalie. And ordinarily, it means you're actually inside the blue line mm-hmm. to to even attempt those shots on net, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is spend the first half of the first period playing in your end or the neutral zone. Right. 
<laughs> You'd like to be in the so, offensive so that makes zone. It, that makes it a long game, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're defending that much and, and spending that much energy on, on the defensive end. Well, and you, here's something that I'm sure you understand this. But when you play defense, it is way more tiring. Yeah. So you're, let's say you're on the ice <laughs> against the offensive guys. And you're defending your zone for the exact same amount of time. Let's say it's two minutes and 12 seconds of uh-huh. ice time. When you're defending, it is it feels like hell. <laughs> it feels like seven minutes. And when you're on offense, you're like, yeah, I it's got some jump by, in my yeah. step. Yeah, no big deal. We got the puck. I don't know why it works that way, but it does. It, it feels like it's more effort, more energy spent on the defensive end because you're trying to prevent something bad from happening yeah. where – Offensive end, you're you're flowing. Guys are passing it, passing it around, and you're getting opportunity to score. When you're, whenever you're on offense, you feel better. It just, it just does. It feel just better. feels better. That's why I yeah. played offense. I didn't play. There you go. Look at you, you're a smart guys, guy. Look at that idiots. Big old playbook yeah. and all that stuff. Bragger. Uh, <laughs> speaking of being in the defensive zone, though, Jordan Bennington in between the pipes tonight. Is there any concern about Jordan Bennington moving forward? He's given up 13 goals against in his last three games. Um. Yeah, look, I'm sure that Jordan would tell you, and in fact, I know he would tell you, he'd like to have that a little lower, but I don't ever worry. I don't worry about Jordan Bennington. Honestly, even sometimes when the goals get up there, like, I know this guy's going to compete to the highest possible level. The bigger the game, usually the bigger the performance from Jordan Mm -hmm. Bennington. And the last time he played against the Avalanche, he was incredible. In Colorado, and had it not been for Jordan Bennington the first five, six minutes of the game. So the Blues go out and they scored early. I remember this. Because like, wow. And then the Avalanche came back, I mean, and peppered yeah. Jordan Bennington. He made save after save after save after save. Had it not been for Jordan Bennington, it probably would have been 4 or 5-1 heading into the intermission yeah. rather than 3 nothing yeah. for the Blues. So I'm not worried. And I think, too, another good thing. Sorry, Kerry. No, one more. Another good thing is that Joel Hofer's playing so well. Because mm-hmm. Jordan Bennington, we uh, we always go back to you know Michael Jordan, the last dance. Like, even if there's not a reason to have a chip on your shoulder, just make one up, yeah. right? <laughs> well, Jordan Bennington, not that he has a chip on his shoulder about Joel Hofer, because they are a great tandem. They get along great. Like, right. they're, they're bros, right? Mm-hmm. But watching the other guy who plays your position do a good job, that inspires yes. you to play even better. Yeah. It, it definitely seeing your seeing the guy that's doing the job that you do, even if it's a night off for you, you re, it, it reminds you, oh, this guy can really play. Uh-huh. I, I got to make he's sure at my heels. <laughs> he's right there. Uh-huh. He's knocking on the door. So let me let me go out and show you all why I am who I am and why I belong where I belong. And so hopefully he has a good night tonight and, and we have a, a good game from the from the St. Louis Blues. By the way, not only are the Blues playing tonight, but Mizzou is playing tonight. We got a text from six three six. This texture needs some help. Says, I need help. My wife's cousin is in town with her three-year-old, and they bought tickets for the zoo for tonight to look at the lights. She's in town one to two times per year. How do I get out of it without being in the doghouse slash divorce court so I can watch the Mizzou game and oh, the Blues game? Help <laughs> me, please. Okay, hang on. First of all, we have to save Carrie. Cough coming up. Oh, okay. So I thought you were actually choking. No, no. no. I was <laughs> like, Marshy, quick. Mouth Honey. to mouth. You do it. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll be over here. <laughs> You'll instruct him. Yeah, Marshy, that's it. More, Marshy. No, I, Less I, tongue. I think that's a little... If I were you, I, I think you would have a little cough coming on, maybe? Yeah. Maybe you, mm, I see what you did there. Do you, do, you, do you go with a cough and then put a mask on? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, mm. I, I don't, I don't want to get yeah, you how you gonna, So, 
So if I read the text correctly, he wants to stay home and, and not watch go the to Blues the lights, game, the zoo, and the yeah. Mizzou game. So yeah, yeah, maybe we can come up with a, like a compromise or something. Like I don't know, like a two-hour bathroom break, and you go watch the game on your phone. Oh, like you. Mar- we lost Marshy one time for like three no. hours here. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got in lost? the middle of the show. <laughs> he needed to get lost. Yeah, didn't he? he went to the bathroom. <laughs> it was a bad day. Allegedly, <laughs> he must have been white knuckling that bowl or something. I don't know what was going on. Lost the uh, feeling in my legs. Uh, <laughs> you sit there long enough. Came back the next day with four <laughs> bottles of Pedialyte. I don't know what was going on, but either way, I didn't ask questions. Oh man. Well, but if I'm this this texter, I think that not feeling good is the easiest way. Just go to the bathroom and and pretend you threw up. Nobody wants to be around somebody who throws no. up. They're like, whoa, get away whoa. from me. Well, what's no, wrong? No, don't come around us. What now, is it? Did you eat something bad? No, yeah. I didn't. Mm. Oh, that means it's a twenty-four-hour flu. Yeah, you could go sit over yeah. there by yourself. Uh, see, I, I think, but you have to have not given your wife the idea that you didn't want to go up until this. Oh no, point. no, you dress up. Yeah, you're yeah, going yeah, yeah. To the you, zoo, you're ready. Everything, and you start yeah. to Gosh, I feel. Man, I don't I feel, I feel lightheaded. Hang on, honey, and you go, and you, then you really. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> it's you the free zoo, though. Like. It's, the it's not free. free. They bought zoo. tickets. Apparently. Oh, that's right. The light oh, show's yeah. not free. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, that. unless you're a free agent, then we'll yeah, buy well, that for you. I was going to say, that's probably why Yamamoto didn't come here, especially during Christmas time. <laughs> Ozuna wasn't happy with uh, having to pay for the lights. Nah, not good enough. But not Ozuna. Otani. Ozuna. <laughs> Ozuna. What the heck? Got Ozuna from the Braves. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the Missouri Tigers, uh, will the outcome of the Cotton Bowl change your mind overall about Mizzou's season? We'll get into that next here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here to the fast lane, Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh. It's 218. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an official provider of Rolex jewelry. CD, you got a Rolex? I, I do not. Um, you don't? Have I, you ever had a Rolex? Uh, so I bought one when I was in the when I was in like the sixth grade. Please I used don't to tell to, me it was black and gold. Well, I went to San Diego when I was in the sixth grade. I used oh. to I used to go to Tijuana all the time, fifth and sixth grade. So I bought a Rolex in Tijuana. I don't. How old were you? <laughs> Fifth, 50, 10, 11 years old. What the hell were you doing for a job at that point? It wasn't a real Rolex job. Oh, it was it a Rolex. It was a ro- It said Rolex. <laughs> the fifth grade year, me. I had to buy one of those in New York City one time. Because I came like, hey, in, I got a Rolex. So that looks pretty good. <laughs> 200 bucks. I was like, I ain't a Rolex. It ain't a Rolex. Uh-uh. It didn't work. It was. It didn't work. It so you never work. had a Rolex? Never had one. Most expensive watch I ever had was a tag. Okay. And uh, spent a couple thousand dollars on it. All right. Dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Dumbest thing. Jewelry I, and and you don't. It, I thought it was awesome, and then it looks like, good. The Maybe. trend of it kind of went out. And like every other year, you have to upgrade to something bigger yep. and better. I was like, this is no good. Yeah, so I, it's sitting somewhere in a jewelry. You box. You can't right sell now. it for what you bought. You bought no, it. For. I can't sell it at all. Probably right now. <laughs> Bad decision, kids. If you're listening at home, yeah. invest in good things. Yeah, not okay? jewelry. Not jewelry. Not I mean, yeah. unless you have oodles of money, then you yeah, can have yeah. a lot of fun. You can do whatever you want. All right. Speaking of a lot of fun, the Cotton Bowl tonight. Yeah. Your Missouri Tigers. M I Z. Come on, D C C. No, thank you. Come on. I N I. I N I. 
How about that? One of these days, right we're going to get you the slip. Dennis Gates actually did give me the slip a couple of months ago. What? Unfortunately, it's terrible. Was it peer right. pressure? It was. You he, felt like you it, had it, to? It, it, it rock clipped it. It's there. You can find it. it oh, it's, we got to find it's that. It's awful. For the end of the segment, Marsha, it we have to terrible. find that. It is terrible. Don't do it. Oh, you have to. Nah, do Your it. daughter goes to Mizzou, right? My daughter does go to so Mizzou. So my daughter went to Mizzou. Okay. So I'm fine. I, I root. Trust me, I spend enough money yeah. that I feel like it's fine. That's kind of how I feel. I paid. I have paid Mizzou more than I ever paid the University of Illinois. So, you know, I went there for free. Yeah. And I'm paying Mizzou, so I, I'm paying for the experience. But it ain't I, free. I that's know, probably why buddy, I'm not. I know. I have a whole Facebook group of enjoying. <laughs> it ain't free. <laughs> not. It costs. But what what is exciting right now about Mizzou is they're playing in the Cotton Bowl against uh, the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is about the Ohio State coach. I just, I think he, I, I just want to smack him. <laughs> like, he looks like a. You're not a fan of Ryan Day. Uh, he looks, Ryan Day kind of looks like a puke. You know, like the the word puke is not used enough. Okay. But he kind of looks like one. <laughs> He's got that look on his face like either he just bit into a lemon uh-huh. or he may have just farted and it turned into something more in his pants. It, it- <laughs> And he's trying to figure out what to do yeah. next. Yeah. Okay. But then talking down to you like it's your fault. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I can't yeah, see it in see? that way. Yeah. All right. You're right there with yeah, me. I see. Um, so I get, the biggest question that I have regarding Mizzou is how important is this bowl for the program? Because you got an Ohio State team that may or may not play a bunch mm-hmm. of guys. That an Ohio State team that acts like they're not taking it seriously because right. they're so mad about the football playoff right. and all that stuff. So what does this mean for Mizzou? It, it, well, it means a lot if they were to lose. I don't think it means as much if they win because Missouri has been one of the top ten teams in the country for a number of weeks. They've done a great job all season long playing in a, in a tough conference in the SEC, and they have proven themselves – to be a really good football team. They have they have stood up at every challenge for the most part. You know, they, they took a couple of losses. But the challenges that they have faced were games that no one expected them to win, especially like the Tennessee game, which was a, a really probably the best game of the year for Missouri in how they won um, and a coming out party for, for Cody Schrader. Like it was oh, yeah. a lot of things that took place this season that have been really, really good for Missouri. And the recruiting has has shown because of it. Now, if you are to lose or not perform well against an Ohio State team that, as you said, Jamie, may not be taking this game yeah, as sure, seriously. Right? They won't tell us. May, be, may have multiple <clears throat> players sitting out and not participating in the game. Your start, their starting quarterback is already gone. He's transferred and out of there. So Which is weird, by the way. That was really it's weird. It's telling for me. It, uh, you know, and they he lost went to like a game. lesser school. They lost one game, and he's been kind of the blame for – Everything. The kids do weird things, Jamie. I don't know. So they, he made the decision to leave. If you lose to an Ohio State team that doesn't have their starting quarterback, probably not have their best receiver, their second leading rusher isn't is is, is uh, not playing as well. There are a lot of things that could go wrong in terms of what it looks like. But I I personally don't believe that Mizzou will have a problem with this Ohio State team now. I did pick Ohio State to win. That's only because I'm a homer. I'm a Big Ten fan. I'm going to go with the Big Ten over the S- I get sick of hearing What the hell's wrong with you? I don't like hearing about the SEC. I don't care. You're, I'm just being so, honest. No, okay, you're being a jerk is I'm what you're doing. I'm being honest. No. no. Because, listen to me. It's, I'll give you one thing, okay? <laughs> if you don't want to do the M-I-Z chant because you're I and I guy, no, yeah, all I that stuff. Okay, yeah. fine. I'll let you have that. Okay. But I will not let you 
cheer against your daughter and her school. That, so I find that to be daughter, criminal, Carrie My Davis. daughter and I have an understanding. No, you don't. Whom I She's love lying to you. dearly. She is my she heart. She texts me right now. <laughs> I love her. She knows that I don't wear anything. Just the crying emoji from her, <laughs> She might text me here soon. <laughs> she knows. She brought me a Mizzou dad shirt. I wore it one day, Jamie. It was for her graduation party. I will never wear it again. Okay, but well, they're I not playing I Illinois. It, more... it doesn't matter. Why do you care? I do. This is silly. It is. It's just silly. It is. I expect more from you. Yeah, well, don't. <laughs> I do. We're going to have to work on that, okay? We're going to have the, a whole lot of work to do because but I am I not. Gave you, I gave you, if it's Illinois, I give you that. Any other team, it's, I can't, it's the I Big can't Ten. condone it. It's the Big Ten versus the SEC. I don't care. And that, to me, it, because the I SEC, like I, I do. I'm because good Canadian kid. <laughs> Get the CIAU up there. <laughs> it's the Big Ten. I, I do think Mizzou should win this game. Will they win? That they should win this game. They, they should have no problems. If they lose, that is a little bit concerning for me because, of, as I said, starting yeah. quarterback, best receiver in the in the in the uh, country, not playing. You know, a multitude of things. Players in the transfer portal for Ohio State shouldn't be a problem for Mizzou. But if it is, that's concerning for me. So then let's fast forward a little bit because uh, BK and Ferrario and uh, Grant today or Brad Bradford. Sorry, they have some. some Pool of players there with, with Tanner out. <laughs> they were talking about where does it leave Mizzou starting next season with the mm-hmm. rankings if they win this yeah. game. If they let's say they win by ten points, I think Mizzou is in the top ten next year. Okay, going they, into the preseason rankings, uh, I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. Actually, you know what? It was on the producers' show, Marsha. You guys were talking about it, so I want to give credit where credits due. You guys were talking about where this leaves Mizzou. For the start of next season, yeah, in the rankings, if they were to win by seven or fourteen or ten or fourteen points, and Kerry says it, it it jumps them into the top ten. But Kerry, are we overlooking some of the blue blood programs that people just automatically assume they're going to start the season at a higher clip? Well, I mean, you got your Alabama, you Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma took it. That, that game, I, that game last night was weird too. They lost to Arizona, which I. I don't know how that happens, but Oklahoma, I don't okay. think. Texas, yes. Bama, Georgia, yes. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, yes. And then you're, you're – LSU. Notre uh, Dame. Yeah. Like I think I – think Tennessee. If you, if you put up the, the records or the schedule versus some of those other teams, I would say Mizzou would still be in the top ten. If they're – if those other teams are in, they'll still be in there as well. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you got Oregon, who they have a bowl game coming up. Uh, Penn State. Yeah, you, you, Mizzou should if they beat. But you're starting to doubt a little bit. Nah, no, no, no. If they beat um, Ohio State when? in the manner in which you've talked about, they'll be in the top 10 next year, going right. into 2024. Well, either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. That game is tonight. So you want to make sure you keep track of that. And uh, when Mizzou beats Ohio State, we will. Absolutely tease Kerry Davis for a very long time. Because why? It's fun. Why not, right? (laughs) How impressive, guys, by the way, has Joe Flacco been, uh, given the fact that he's 112? (laughs) We'll get into that next here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Gary, you are M-I-G. probably right. Gary, M-I-G, Gary. Oh, no, M-I-G, coach. Z-O-U, Z-O-U, coach. Coach. Ah. Ah. The smartest way to do your homework. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. 
Bra's the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, and myself, Jamie Rivers, working it today. And guys, we talked about Joe Flacco yesterday, uh, just regarding him possibly being the comeback player of the year. You know, DeMar Hamlin, we, we, we discussed how, obviously, the comeback human of the yeah. year is maybe DeMar Hamlin, comeback player, maybe not so much. We had Shaky Bakey in the conversation. I think it's a one-horse race now. You think so? Joe Flacco. Let's just think about this for a second. 309 yards again last night. Three TDs. He did throw a pick. The uh, the, the, the QBR, 53.6, and then the other rating is a 121.2. He had a hell of a game. He had a he he did have a good game. Did he win? He won. I know it's the Jets, but the Jets do have a good the defense. The Jets do have a good defense, but in order to keep your good defense being good, you got to be good on offense. Because what happens when your offense stinks? You, you, we were just talking about it for for playing on the defensive end in hockey. Uh-huh. You know how tired those guys uh-huh. are when the offense is going three and out, three and out again. Oh, we got four plays, three plays on a punt, and we're back on defense <laughs> again. Does the defense ever want to fight the offense? Oh at yeah, that point? oh Jamie, it gets bad. Yeah, okay. Oh, it gets it gets. Look, go find a video last year of Russell Wilson versus uh, I forget who they were playing. I did see the that. defensive tackle looked yeah. like he was about to choke him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have. It, it it happens <laughs> like when you're on defense that much. It's bound to happen. You're going to give up some touchdowns. And so that's what the Jets are. They're going to be on D. Got a good defense, but they're playing a lot of plays because their offense stinks. I am not sold on Joe Flacco as as other people. I've seen Joe Flacco play a long time. I know. We, we've watched him. He's been in, in that division, the AFC North, for a long time with the with the uh, Ravens and now the Browns. We saw him last year with the Jets. I, I, I don't – I'm not going to buy into it just yet. I, How I think are you not buying I'm it? Just for not. real. Because when I watch, so Carrie, I'll tell on. you why. I, wa- I watch five games now. Because stats give you a glimpse of what's taking place. 
I'll give you an example. Well, of results what give me a glimpse, they too. They do. But when you play better teams and when you play a team that is as good offensively. You can only play the teams good, on your schedule. I agree. But when you get to the playoffs, <laughs> Jamie, it changes. So I'll give you an example. The It was a drive. It was a series. I think it was the third quarter. Um, they were backed up. First down. He threw a pass into triple coverage. Ball got knocked down. Not a big deal. A good quarterback, knowing that it's first down, backed up near your own goal line. You're only up by two touchdowns. You don't make that play. You don't even risk it. You know why? Because you have to take care of the football. Yeah. That's a dumb decision. That playing a better team that has better offense, that has better players, that is going to get picked, is going to get returned for a touchdown, or the team is going to score. Now you're only up by one score. And it changes the trajectory of the game. And so decisions like that, I watched that team for three or four series, three or four drives in the in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter, not complete one pass, fumble the ball twice. One of them was a fumble just on That's a handoff. Flackles, yeah, it's not his fault, but he's part of the offense. He's part of the team. Now you're the incomplete passes <laughs> were definitely his fault. So when I'm watching him again, he's done a he's done a very good job for a guy that came in had not been playing all season long. But he's a pro. You expected a yeah. guy like that to be able to come in and take care of his business. But when you look at his stats, 13, um, he got 1,600 yards in five five games, six games, five games. But he's got 13 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's not good for me. That's not good enough for me. But You're turning the ball over too I much. I get it. It's not good if this is a guy that you brought in as a free agent. And, and and one, like... one, one more thing. Let's talk about the teams that he's beaten. Okay. The New York Jets. Are they going to the playoffs? Not anymore. No. Okay. The Houston Texans, their quarterback didn't play. They probably won't be in the playoffs. The Chicago Bears possibly are going to have the number one pick for the second year in a row. That's amazing. And uh, really, I don't even know how the hell that happens. Jacksonville Jaguars, eh, they won that game, but they are not a team that I trust to make a run in the playoffs either. And the Los Angeles Rams, they lost to. So of the five teams that he's played against, four of them, three of them not going to the playoffs, one of them mm, probably going to lose early in the playoffs, and then the other team you lost to that may make the playoffs as well. This is not a group of teams that that you can look at and say, Joe Flacco is balling. He's doing it. He's doing what he's supposed to do, and I'm not going to knock him. Yeah, well, but you it's are, not actually. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a little bit, a little I bit. saw that play action fake last night. I was sold. This team's going to go on. It a was run. a beautiful fake that, that 90 percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL can do. Stop okay, it! I'm not like, joking. I don't like your hatred for Joe Flacco. I don't enough. have hate. Uh, well, it does certainly not praise it's that it's AFC not, North. It's just bias it coming is, out. It this is. I know when guys are if good. Joe Flacco played for the Indianapolis Colts. He wouldn't care. Um, wouldn't care. Or, or I would okay, tell you mind. the same about, thing. No, he wouldn't. Let, let's okay. So let's. He plays for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I think Derek Carr stinks too. So how about that? I'm talking about Joe Flacco. <laughs> would tell you the same thing. If here's why. Like this. Here's why I'm impressed for a couple of reasons. Look, I don't think you're wrong in what you're saying. I don't think you're wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, you're wrong." I'm not. But I do think maybe you're not looking at the big picture. Okay. Okay. You're isolating it to Joe Flacco, comparing him to what an ordinary quarterback is or a starter. He was on his freaking couch, man. I get it. I agree. He had a hand down his pants he looking did. like Al Drinking Bundy. He had a beer in the other hand. He said, you know what? I'm going to call the Browns because they stink and maybe they'll <laughs> give me a chance. And they did. And he's he's got them in the playoffs now sitting with what an 11-5 so, so and five Answer record. me this. Answer me this. Does Joe Flacco lead this team to an AFC championship game? No, I think okay. he wins a playoff game, though. In the first round versus who? Whoever. Jacksonville. Yeah. 
they won't be playing. Let's, what, what are the um, so the Browns Jacksonville are, Browns are the fifth seed. Jacksonville, if they win out, they would be playing the two seed. Well, no, Ooh. they would be playing the three seed. The no, fifth. they play. They play four. It'd be four, five. One gets the bye. Two plays uh, seven. Yeah. Seven. Because now there's seven Let teams. Yeah, I, I, I would. I don't think. I still think he wins a game. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. They're the five. Yeah. Okay. Well, the two play six. Then they would play Baltimore if if uh, the rest round? of the wild card teams lose. Yeah. Right now, no. If they were playing right now, yeah. Okay. Right, well, we'll see. I don't. We'll I don't see. think it's going to be. Look, it's, uh, it's irrelevant great for them. It's irrelevant because they're not gonna. They're not gonna go on a tear and win a Super Bowl or, or compete for the AFC Championship. I'm saying they win a game. I think the story of Joe Flacco coming out of nowhere from a team where they could have used him this year, New York Jets, where yeah. they just didn't bring him back. Now he's playing for the Cleveland Browns, and he's got them sitting there at eleven and five. They're gonna play in the playoffs. I think it's pretty impressive. Now, so I, I'm gonna give you something real quick oh, because gosh, last year I asked you a question. You there did? was a there was a yeah there was a defenseman on the Blues you team. I remember oh, there was boy. a defenseman on the Blues team that I really liked. He had a great plus yeah, minus. Kelly Rosen, great. I great. remember this question. And I asked and you, what did I tell he? you? Because he is who he is. And what did I tell you? Because he is who he is. And where is he? He's where he is. And, right. what, and so you you take that answer <laughs> yeah. and you use that for Kelly Joe Flacco. Kelly Rosen's not a Super Bowl champion though. Yeah, Joe Flacco is. That's right. But so is Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, who are also on that defense. I don't disagree. But here's a, here. So on the heels of all this, okay, BK and Ferrario had this quick discussion, and I was intrigued by it. Do you think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer? Yes. And Joe Flacco is too. No, he is not. Look at his numbers. I don't care. I look at the numbers. I don't care. His numbers rival. <laughs> I don't rival. care. If I you put Eli, Eli Manning in the Hall I of Fame, think Eli he is. has two Super Bowls, though. And he beat the Patriots Twice. one year. His that... numbers overall in his career, and Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl. I don't think Joe Whether Flacco Ray Lewis was, the Hall of was Famer. there or not. He didn't beat the the undefeated Patriots, Guys, though. I'm just telling you. They don't look at that necessarily. They look at stats, all the major stats. You go pull them up, Kerry. I see what you're doing right now. You go pull them up. Is, I mean, Phil, pull them up. Is, okay? is Philip Rivers a, a Hall of Famer? I, that, I, don't, I think I so. I did not look I at his Phillip numbers. I think Philip Rivers is. But I'm telling you, Joe Flacco's numbers rival. Some are better than Eli yeah. Manning's. They I would are. have to. I, I wish I, BK was it still is here. For me, for me. Because he had I, all the numbers. I, that I guy's by, numbers I, I go by the eye test, and I'm looking at him. Well, you I'm got one eye closed right now. I might have one eye closed. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to lead this team. They, they, I don't think they win a game in the in the in the playoffs. Wow! On the road, whether it be at Jacksonville or Lord, if they get to Miami somehow, I don't know, or or Kansas City if they fall somehow, some way. I don't think that they. I do not think that they win a playoff game. Could you imagine if they did make a run? It'd and the, the story would be. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, who who they brought in, yeah. a huge contract, and he's not the guy that gets it done. It's the guy and that they bring off the couch. Here's the thing. He stunk, too, this year. Oh, yeah. Deshaun Watson oh, stunk Well, it's because year. he was a little tight. No, yeah, he hadn't gotten here. He needed to he needed get, a, yeah, massage. a massage, loosen yeah. him up a little bit. Yeah. He only lost one game, though, which I think speaks volumes to the, the coaching staff and that defense that they have, too. Yeah. I think they have done. I thought I will say this: Kevin Stefanski, in, in my opinion, should be up there for Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. You lose your 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 best player in Nick Chubb earlier in the year. You lose Deshaun Watson with an injury. They've had a they, they lost a bunch of offensive linemen, offensive tackles have gotten hurt. They have they have found a way to continue to win. 
in, a, in probably the toughest division in football. And so they are doing a great job mm-hmm. despite all of that. They have gone, they're on their fourth quarterback. Again, I will give all of the credit, all of the praise for all of the work that they have done. I'm not taking anything away from Joe Flacco. I just don't think he's going to lead this franchise to multiple wins in the playoffs this season. You know what? I, I know why you're so angry. Why? I figured it out. Do tell. It took me, what, ten and a half minutes of this segment <laughs> to figure it out. I know why you're so angry. Let me hear it. Because Joe Flacco isn't a Pittsburgh Steeler, because he'd have that team in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. He would. 2024 <laughs> will be the year of blank in Major League Baseball. So leave us a mic drop of what you think will happen in 2024 in Major League Baseball or the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Again, 2024 will be the year of blank in Major League Baseball. Mic drops, text messages, Carrie acting crazy again when we come back here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Inside the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. As we're heading into break, we asked you, the listeners, uh, for mic drops and text messages. And the reason is we said 2024 will be the year of blank in Major League Baseball. So, Marshy, you said you had overachieving, you had like three or four already, something like that? Yeah, from the, uh, no, not from me. We have some uh, mic drops. Okay. So but, but, uh, why don't we do ours individually first, okay. and then we'll head out to the mic drops and text messages. So, Marshy, you'll, you'll start. Let me, let, let's hear what you got. Yeah, so this comes off of the, uh, the idea of, I'm looking at the NFL this year, and there's a ton of backup quarterbacks. And so for 2024, it will be the year of internal options at the starting oh, pitcher position. I just puked in my own mouth. I feel like there's going to be I some, some injuries Whoa. maybe occurring for starting pitcher uh, for starting pitchers. In, uh, spring training. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna have to see what uh, what these ball clubs have have in store from their uh, from their minor league teams, and we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll find out. Maybe the Cardinals will will play a part in that. Hopefully not, but maybe maybe they will, and we'll see something. We'll see something uh, good happen from the internal options. Uh, oh. Well, I hate yours, um, <laughs> Carrie. Go ahead. I, I mean, I think it's hard to to not believe this based on the amount of money that they spent, but it, it feels like it's the year of the Dodger. Like the Dodgers, the LA Dodgers, the amount of money that they spent, Yamamoto, <laughs> Shohei. Better be. it, it, right? <laughs> it, it better be. Um, yeah, I think that the year of the Dodgers is is what most fans in LA are hoping for. The uh-huh. the the community, the team, the franchise is hoping for the same thing. Um and if you spend that much money, man, it it, it almost has to be. So you're gonna laugh at mine. Okay. Cause I think it's the year of the underdog. Mm. And the reason I say that is because last year the Mets, the Padres, and that, it blew up in their face. Yeah. And I look at the Dodgers now, and to your point, it should be the year yeah. of the Dodgers. Yep. Should. But when I look at some of these teams that might be able to take steps forward, look, the Orioles won their division last yeah. year. I don't think they're going to take steps backwards. 
I think that team's going to continue to get better mm-hmm. and compete, and the young guys are going to get more experience. You're going to have young guys who start to break the lineup. Jackson yeah. Holiday yeah. might make his appearance, and like there's a lot going on yeah. there to be happy about. Tough to fit, tough division for sure, but I still think the Orioles are a team that you're looking at. The Guardians, you know, I don't really know what they are, uh, but they're right there in the middle of the pack last year in the Central. And you look at some of the teams in the National League, the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. Skip Schumacher, manager of the year last year, he got more out of that team than anybody thought he could. Right. So who's to say he can't even improve from where they were last year? I think that you look at the St. Louis Cardinals in the Central Division. What are they truly? We'll find out. If if Sonny Gray is the number one guy that you want him to be, and Lance Lynn and Gibby, and these guys come out and they shove this year, and Miles Michaelis has a bounce back mm-hmm. year, and the, the young guys take more steps forward. Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Nolan Gorman. Like all of a sudden, the Cardinals could be winning the Central, and they're making noise. Right. And when you go out West, obviously the Diamondbacks are the first team that comes to mind. So for me, I think it could be the year of the underdog. You think so? I think. Eh, I, think I know they, the odds are against it. I get the, it. Yeah, I, I think get it. The amount of money spent was not to be last in your division or not make the playoffs or not make the World Series and win it. I know, but how many of those teams did that last year? Not a lot. No, no. Like the, you, like, you are correct. The payrolls didn't win the World no, Series. No, they did not. Well, well I shouldn't uh, say that. Yeah. The Braves had, like, the hell of a payroll. Or, I, the, I get it. Yes. I yes. get it. The, the, the Rangers. The, the Rangers. Yeah. The Braves. I got the Braves <laughs> the on the Rangers. brain staring at the Braves. <laughs> the Rangers. The, the Rangers had a good yes. payroll. But what I'm saying is, Based upon money spent, it should have been an all you know eccentric billionaire finals at that point. Then the last final four should have been teams that just had astronomical I agree. cap. And and again, we know that spending uh, exorbitant amount of money doesn't guarantee a championship or doesn't guarantee you even making it to the championship. But it helps, man. Like it, it helps when it feels. Man. Listen, when I I tell people this all the time, it, it, the the saying in football is not about the X's and O's; it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. If I got more Jimmys and Joes than you got, I'm probably going to win. I don't care what else you got going on. You can write whatever. You can come up with any analytic process you want. I got guys, and right now the Dodgers got guys. They yep. got guys that can compete in every situation on every level. And you generally think more times than not, those guys are going to make it happen. They should. Yes. All right. We asked for your mic drops. Uh, we got one here. Is this from the Lisa? Oh, yeah. All right. Lisa, friend of the show. Here's what she had to say. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. So I think it's going to be the season of reverting back to center a little bit with baseball, getting back to great defense, understanding and appreciating there's more to the game than three outcomes. I think it'll be I think it's going to revert back like everything revert back to center so that the game is a better project on the field so that it's more entertaining. I got my fingers crossed that that's what's going to happen. All right, thanks guys. All right, thank you. So. Lisa Lisa loves the old school baseball. I I do too. She does. I like stealing I like guys stealing bases. I like guys turning double plays, the shift being banned. I I think that this is what baseball wanted. They want more offense, obviously, but it gives you an opportunity yeah. to have those spectacular plays uh, in the hole at shortstop or, or at second base. It gives you an opportunity for guys to steal bases and, and show their athleticism and athletic ability by using their speed. I hope that comes because watching baseball in the 80s for the Cardinals, I, I would do that every day. That was awesome. Was fun. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. All right, we got Joshua up next with a mic drop for us. Joshua. 2024 will be the year that all Cardinals fans have been waiting for. 
John Mazalock and Ali Marmol. See ya. Oh, no. Josh, come on. First of all, thank you for the mic drop, Josh. <laughs> that's, that's harsh. We don't want anybody fired. No, we don't. We don't. Because if they get fired, that means the Cardinals played poorly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through another baseball season like that. No. I just, I don't. It wasn't fun. It was a long season. I like watching the Cardinals play baseball. Last year, I tell you what, there are days where I want to just stab myself in the eyeballs. <laughs> we got an interesting text from the 314. 2024 will be the season of failed first-year contracts. Ooh. So I wonder how that plays into your Dodger prediction, the year of the Dodger. I think the only way that it's a failed year is if guys get hurt. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, when you are, when you have a track record of being a good player, no matter the sport, it, 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 it all figures itself out. You know, if, if Paul Goldschmidt has a, a slow start, you know, at some point he's going to start hitting the ball. And we same hope. thing with Nolan Arenado. Those things uh, happen. Um, but the only way it could be a failed contract, in my opinion, is if guys get hurt and have to miss significant time. All right. We got one final mic drop we're going to get to here. It's from our guy, James. Hey, boys. If you want to know what the year 2024 will be in the year or in Major League Baseball, it's going to be the year of more pitchers getting hurt. Yes. With all of these no. damn changes oh. to we have like four. Major League Baseball and shortening the pitch <laughs> clock again, even with runners on base, I can see a problem or an epidemic to where you're going to see more pitchers with arm injuries and needing Tommy John. I'm not trying to be dark or take it into a dark place segment wise but it's kind of what it is I mean, we saw an uptick in strain muscles last year and i don't know if there's statistics or information that points to the pitch clock and feeling like pitchers have to hurry but if i have to rush and i'm not ready or i'm not set you know i mean you're, you're running the risk of injuries sure i pitched in college and there's a little bit of a bias there but i think you'll see more arm injuries in major league baseball Boys, have a happy new year. Can't wait for 2024. All right, James, thank you very much. You have a happy new year as well. James does bring up an interesting thought there, but I don't think it's definitely, I don't think it's necessarily unique to 2024. Mm -hmm. I think that the pitchers getting injured has been something you probably refer back to what, three, four, five years? Yeah. In the last, you know, pitchers have been getting. I mean, that's part of that's the nature of the beast. You almost know that at some point they're going to have that Tommy John surgery, uh, that injury, and oh yeah, that was Anthony <laughs> farting. <laughs> no, it's a creaky door. <laughs> we talked about the creaky elbow way back. Oh when. yeah, so you you <laughs> sounded like it, though, didn't it? it did. I had you. you you expected, I guess, at some point, but you know, guys are. Um, it's part of the game. It's, injuries happen. Again, I think the 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 some of these teams are are set in their rotation, and but no team is all the way set if they have a bunch of injuries. I tell you what, the Cardinals can ill afford yes to have yes. any injuries on their pitching staff. I agree. If for some reason there's something that goes sideways with any of their pitchers, I'm not even going to say names because I don't even want to speak it into existence. But boy, oh boy, it's going to end up maybe even worse than last year if that yeah. happens. So fingers crossed for the yeah. Cardinals and their pitching staff. As well. All right, we're going to. Carrie and I have an interesting topic here that Marshy brought to the table. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what style of coach did we prefer to have as a pro athlete. I think it's very topical. I think there's lots of ways to go with this. It's going to be a fun discussion, and you can always chime in as well. We know there are a lot of athletes out there, former athletes that played for good coaches, bad coaches. 
leave us a mic drop on this one. Tell us what kind of coach you liked, what you didn't like, what you did like, what you think you could do, and maybe what style of coach you are, all of it. We're going to have a real good discussion about it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane here, 101 ESPN. Time is 3.02. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an official provider of Rolex jewelry. Carrie Davis alongside Andrew Marsh and myself, Jamie Rivers. And before we went to break, we we kind of teased it out there for mic drops, especially, and, and text messages to the Air Comfort Service text line. Just what style of coach did we prefer to have as a pro athlete and in, in some of your cases, maybe high school or college and things like that. So Carrie, let's start with you. Yeah. Cause you were very fortunate cause you didn't have a lot of head coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I played on six teams. I had a few. True. But everybody yeah. thinks of most prominently yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but back to the topic, what did you prefer? I preferred a coach that was honest. And so whether that was the position coach, the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and when you have a coach that's honest about what's going on, uh, it makes you, you – you're not always going to agree, agree with it. You hear some things that are going to piss you off and make you want to fight in that moment. But if you are, are told what the plan is, what the expectation is, uh, you can go through it. So an example I have, we were playing – we were getting ready to play the Patriots. All week long I had been doing third down. Uh, I was the third down back. And Friday – before Saturday, before we get on the plane to go to New England, running back coach pulls me in the office. Hey, uh, just letting you know, you're not going to be doing third down. Najee's going to be doing it. I'm like, wait, wait, what? You just, so what? He said, "I listen, I know you're mad, but here's the thing. If I'd have waited to the first third down Sunday night and told you, you might have killed me. So I'm letting you know now, before we get on this plane, process it. It's not right. It's not fair, but it's what's going to take place. You got to deal with it. And so for me, I had to accept it. I wasn't. I did not like it, but I had to accept it. But the honesty, I always appreciated a coach that was honest. Don't tell me one thing and then do something different because I might not respond in the best way to that. So it's amazing because my answer is the same. I always just wanted an honest yeah. coach. Yep. And I never got it really until I went to the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of worked my way through it here. But, like, all the years leading up to when you're either – not playing in the spot you want to play and not getting the ice time, not playing in situations. That you, mm-hmm. Like I always asked, like not a pain in the ass either, but I, I asked like, hey, What's coach, how can I how can I get more ice time? How yeah. can I play on the power play? How can I get more penalty kill? Like right. what? tell me, like at least tell me what yeah. I need to do. And if you say to me, you're so freaking far away from it, man, fine. That's, right. a, that's at least an right. honest answer. I used to get the, no, man, you're fine. You know, we're just working through some things. We have some guys we're looking at. You know, really? I'm fine. I've been in the press box for five games. Uh, yeah. Well, no kidding. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't can't make a mistake from up there. Cannot. It can't make a play either. Can't make anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, when I finally got to the Red Wings, I remember sitting down with Dave Lewis and Ken Holland. There's a GM at the time. And they just kind of said, hey, listen, 
here's what we see for you. Here's your role. You're going to yeah. play. You're going to start the season as our seventh defenseman because we have six guys who probably be in the Hall of Fame that are playing ahead of you. Right. Like, okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> I respect but that. But there's an injury or guys get tired or yeah. something or we need a change, you're going to be in there. Right. And all we want from you is we know you're skilled. So that's why you're here. We don't take crap players in yes. Detroit. You're skilled. Yep. Make yep. plays. Make passes. Do you know? Think the game. But be physical. Yes. Because we don't have any physicality on the blue line, really. You're the physicality. Right. And keep the flies off some of the good players. Yeah. And that's it. You know, that was my job. Defined role. Clear and concise. And heard it. And you knew exactly what you needed to and do. And I was rewarded for yes. it. Yes. So Darian Hatcher, second game of the season, blows out his knee. It's like season ending. to mm-hmm. Like the very end. He did come back. But yeah. So it's my turn now. Right. And they were true to their word. It was my turn. Yeah. And I got to play, and when I played and did my job properly, I got more ice time. Right. And then in games that were a little bit of a blowout, three, four goals, usually us winning, mm-hmm. I get more ice time, right. get more situations, get to play. And it was like, this is awesome. And they never asked me to do something different. Do you find that more consistent with organizations that are good and championship oh, organizations? That, how, how, how about that? <laughs> Wait, the organizations what? that are clear and concise and able to tell you exactly what's going on generally are the ones that win. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It is. It? It's crazy how that works because in some places you're not going to get the truth. I remember when Mike T, so I got to Pittsburgh in 06, Bill Cowers last year. So, and then Mike T came in 07. And Mike T sat me down. He met with every man on the roster. His first words to me was, yeah, I was on practice squad in 06 when, before he got there. So he came in, he said, yeah, you know, you're probably the 52nd, 53rd man on the roster. You'll be fighting for a roster spot. If you make the team, if you're up, you'll be dressed one week, not dressing in. This is the role that you're probably going to see. And I asked him, I said, all I ask for you from you is for an honest opportunity. Can you offer me that? I can offer you that. Okay. Then I'm going to be playing every day. That's what I said. I'll see you later. Yeah. And I knew if you, if you're, if you're a man of your word and you tell me I get to compete for a spot, then nobody going to beat me out. And so I became the starting fullback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 07 because I know what I can do. I just need someone to tell me I can get an opportunity to actually do it. And if they told you that, to stand by it. Yes. So it's amazing. You're right. It's amazing that the winning uh, organizations or the organizations with rich history of being a certain way, the culture, it pays off, man. It does. It pays off when you hire the right people. So this, let's circle back here now to locally. And Craig Berube, who will go down as a Blues Hall of Famer at some point for winning the Stanley Cup and doing everything that he did here in the city for the players, for the fans, for lots of different reasons. He was a great man, still is a great man. He was fired. Yes. And then you bring in Drew Bannister with no NHL coaching experience, lots of coaching in the Ontario Hockey League, the American Hockey League, played in the NHL, but he's different. Than Craig Berube. How different? Well, Robert Thomas was on the opening drive mm-hmm. this morning with Randy and Brooke, and Randy asked him to compare, you know, maybe some of the differences from Craig Berube to Drew Bannister. Um, here's what Robert Thomas had to say. Yeah, he's uh, definitely, definitely different. I think he's, uh, you know, a lot more calm, um, more calculated. He's not really a, a scream in your face kind of guy. He's just quiet and, you know, he, Everything he says, he backs up with, you know, video and, and different points. So that's kind of the way he rolls, and uh, it's been a bit of fresh air. Okay, so if we're going to uncode that a little bit. So, Kerry, when you hear Robert Thomas say, um, 
you know, he's not really a screamer or get in your yeah. face. What is that? What are you uh, uncoding? That's a guy that is a, a, a hard guy to uh, – he, he's pounding the table, and he's going to demand, and not demand in a way where we're just having a conversation. No, do your job or get the hell out of my face. Like, yeah. it's, it's one or the other. And if you can't do your job, then I'm going to find someone that can. And that message can become – a, a bit overbearing and overwhelming at times, especially. But you know how you how you ease that message? You just do your job. Do your job. <laughs> it becomes a lot. Coach tells you to do. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, a, it's, it's one of the it's one of the things in life that just some people do not figure out in time. No, but they don't. Some guys never. Figure they it out, never figure it out. Yes. So what I get from that is uh, actually nothing even surprising. Yeah. Nothing. Craig Berube was an intense. In-your-face player, he was an intense in-your-face coach for your Blues, and this is why we loved him. This is why you responded the way you did in 2018, 2019. This is why you had the success that you've had in the last little go here, you know, barring last season. Mm-hmm. This is what he is. And Craig Bruby, very honest, too. Right. Brutally honest. Yep. Sometimes a little too vocal with his brutal <laughs> honesty, but that's okay. You know what? It's fine, depending yeah. on the player. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Drew Bannister is really not dissimilar, mm-hmm. if that's a word, yeah. to Craig Berube. He's not. The way he delivers the message right. is different. The expectations are the same. The key words are the same. Compete, play as a team, right. strong defense, puck management. How many times we friggin' hear that over the yeah. last handful of years? But- We're still hearing it. But it's just being delivered in a different way. As a player, you have to learn how to separate the message from from you know how the message being delivered from the actual message like the message is still the point you need to get and how it's being delivered may not it may not always come in in soft packaging and and wrap nicely with a bow sometimes it's going to be thrown at your face and you better duck or just get smacked in the face with it and realize oh I don't want to get hit with that again let me get, let me go do but my it job it does depend on the individual carry and it look, does. you and I are very similar yes. in, in a lot of ways yeah. okay We don't mind. In your face, tell you, hey, you're an absolute idiot for that play. (laughs) Fine. I won't do it again. Thank you, coach. Yes. But some people aren't like that. And you you could call it the soft world or the participation trophy. No, 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 no. I'm going back to the 90s when I played. I'm going back to when you played in Pittsburgh and the NFL. Those years still had guys that didn't like the in-your-face delivery. Correct. Right, so yeah. coaches have to figure that out, right? I agree. Or does, I, like, because Mike Tomlin, I don't know at mm. all, right? But did he come in and deliver the message the same to you as he did oh, to other Hines guys? Ward? Nah. That's what I'm <laughs> so okay, so there was yeah. a different delivery. You, you, what Mike T would say is, "I'll treat you all fairly, but I'm not going to treat you all equally." And you, you understand that? Like, I'm not going to be treated the same way that Ben is treated. Ben is the the future Hall of Fame quarterback. Not the same way that Troy. I'm a grunt. I am a fullback. I yeah. am supposed to run my face into the brick wall and make sure that Ben yeah, doesn't get hit. But I'm not talking hit. about star players. I'm talking about let's take a guy. Well, let's take Kerry Davis, okay. who's playing on the defensive side of it. Okay. okay? So we got two guys that are same rank. We'll mm-hmm. call it. And he can't. He doesn't. Resp- the player on the defense doesn't respond well to the smack in the face. Right. But you need him. Yeah. He's an important part of yeah. your defense. Is Mike Tomlin undressing him verbally, or is he approaching him a little softer? Probably a little bit of both. 
Okay. Probably verbally in front of everyone, but then personally. Then the little arm yeah, around yeah, the guy later. We called it a crap sandwich. Tell you this, yeah, yeah, yeah. give you something in the middle, and then tell yeah. you at the bottom what you need to do. It, it, it's, yeah. you, you get it's your point across. It's not always bad. No. You give a little, a little love. On there, yeah. You never know. <laughs> you give a little love, <laughs> but at the same time, you make it clear that your point is understood. Well, I always find the coaching stuff fascinating. And I know you and I could go on for hours yes. about different coaches, different situations, and certainly your personal coaching habits, Yeah, my personal coaching I'm, habits. I'm, I'm a little tough. I'm tough too, but <laughs> uh, I also, here's one thing I'll say about my coaching style is any kids I've ever coached, Coach Rivers was intense. Yeah. He was hardcore. Yeah. But he was fair. Mm -hmm. And when you make the plays the right way, like I wasn't always the kicky in the nuts guy. Right. I was a patchy on the back too. Right. Like, there's times where kids are come to the bench, and I couldn't wait to high-five them. Yeah. Great friggin' job, yeah. man. You have to have yes. that. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? Yeah. It's like to make, training a dog without the treat. Yes. <laughs> After a while, the dog goes, I ain't doing it. Yep. Because yep. I don't care. Yeah. I so, agree. I don't know. That's kind of my coaching style was tough, fair, and rewarding, too. I, I'm similar. I, I'm very to the point, matter of fact. But I'll tell each one of the kids, I love you. Make sure you're doing the right things. Be be safe. Take care of your business. When you do a good job, I'm going to tell you. When you do what I asked you to do in the way that I asked you to do it, I will point it out to you and tell you that's why I keep harping on this because look at the success you had yeah. doing it the way that I've coached you to do it, that we have coached you to do it, as opposed to your own way because your way don't work, man. It hasn't worked. <laughs> it ain't working. It ain't never going to work. All right, Marshall, we got a great text. You've been highlighting this text. Let's hear it. Yeah, from the 636, had a JUCO assistant baseball coach that was a former player guy was the epitome of this is how you play the game guy always yelling and running us we were a terrible juco team lost all enjoyment playing ball that fall so i have seen this i've seen this at every level from youth hockey to junior to college even pro yep you got the coach who doesn't teach all he is is a disciplinarian yeah you, you know why because he doesn't know how to teach the game. <laughs> That's the only time you become that psychopath that yes. runs the kids all the time yes. is because you don't actually have the you answers the to give doing. them. <laughs> And so that's why I always laugh. I see a coach like skating his team over and over and over and over. I'm like, okay, what'd they learn? Well, they learned they got to pass the puck better. Really? Because the next practice, it did the same crap there because you, you didn't work on you passing. Didn't work on it. Yep. So I always believed, and I will hide the conditioning in the drill. Yeah. But the drill is going to be something that makes us better. Right. And if you can't perform said skill, guess what? We're going to have a skills practice. Yes. And that skills practice, it will be hidden all through every drill, the skills we need to work on, so that when we perform that practice again, we're snapping it around yep. tape to tape, we're hitting the net with our shots, and now I can start to actually coach. That's what you have to do. When you just do all the running and all the run, do you puke stuff, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you don't gain anything. You, you don't dry. know what you're doing. Hey, <laughs> yeah, coach, why are we doing this? Just do as just I say. Just because I said so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, in, in, in youth hockey. Like put an elevator in an outhouse, Kerry. <laughs> in youth hockey, I remember we, we would play a game where you like you had to catch the guy in front of you, and you know you had to bust your butt to try and do that. And if you did, you wouldn't have to do the, the next rep. So, like, you can find ways to make practice fun while also getting the in the that hidden, conditioning. The hidden and, bag skate. Yeah, exactly. 100%. The hidden bag skate. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, again, the coaching discussion for me is always fascinating. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, love that segment, and hopefully uh, you guys listening at home loved it as well. Maybe it brought back some memories, good and bad, for you through high school, college, <laughs> whatever it is. We all have those memories. All right, coming up next here in the Fast Lane, we're going to get into NFL Week 17 and go over some Pick'em Challenge 
picks that we have moving forward here with Kerry Davis, Jamie Ayers, Andrew Marsh here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick them. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them. Slane here on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Pick'em Challenge. And uh, guys, last night, the Browns beat the Jets. You, we, Do we all have Cleveland last night? Uh, pretty sure. Andrew? Yeah, I, I had Cleveland. Okay, I had Cleveland too. I don't know what uh, Anthony and Brad had. Brad. Um, but either way. Let's get into some more games here, okay? Because, actually, oh. actually, everyone had Cleveland except for Learn and King Scott. Oh, oh. boy. So we are leading by two now Ooh, in the Pick'em Challenge. Really Not that t- it matters. This yeah. is really turning into an epic ass kicking, sure, isn't as it? As it should. As it should. Like, they're, they're laying on the ground, they've been knocked <laughs> out, and we just keep kicking. Good. I am happy about I that. I am, too. Yep. Okay, so a couple of games here that I want to highlight immediately that I think are going to be really tough for a couple of reasons not because they're two good teams but because there's a couple of really bad teams playing too so let's start with a good game lions cowboys in dallas what do you guys have i have the dallas cowboys winning that game now again i I think i know i know it's they're they are at home Uh uh-huh they have been Struggling seven and zero at home. Yeah, but the last few games haven't been great for Dallas. So I, I seven think, and zero at home. I think Dallas is going to take care of business. What is that Saturday at three uh, fifteen? Yeah, they lost two in a yeah. row. Lost, Saturday at seven fifteen. Seven fifteen. Yep. So I think the Lions are going to absolutely pound the piss out of them. Really? The Lions are six and two on the road this season. Hmm. Dan Campbell, watching this video thing that they put together from the start of the year, from the very first day of camp, where they're talking about excellence and the changing of the Lions franchise and all this stuff and then they go on to currently have an 11 and 4 record you said this yourself if Dan Campbell wheeled in a wheelbarrow full of dog poop and told you it was filet mignon you'd probably eat it I probably would yeah because right I now, trust that guy that you're like okay I trust I, him I think I know what that is but coach is telling you me it's tell filet me mignon. then I, I trust you and right now the Lions are playing yeah. that way I agree they, they are. are they are I still don't trust the Lions, and I don't. Here's the thing: I don't trust either of these teams, Dallas or Detroit. Um, but somebody's got to win, or maybe it'll be a tie. But I, no, <laughs> stop it. That would make my day. No, it make it a tie. stop yeah. it, Marcy. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm gonna go with the trends, just because Dallas has been solid at home. I'll go with the Cowboys oh, this God. week. The Lions, they were on the road last week, beat Minnesota, who had Nick Mullins as their quarterback. It was a one-score game. I, I, I just I can't trust what the Lions are going to That's bring every say. single week. Dan Campbell, from a love rah-rah him. standpoint, like you said the other day, you would love to have a beer with him. Great guy to, to have a drink with. But when it comes to decision-making, as the year has progressed, I, would, I, I want to see what he can do. Uh-huh. But right now, I just don't trust him in, in key spots in the season. And this is one of those key spots. 
with only two weeks left. So I'm going to ride with the Cowboys this week, even though I hate that franchise. I don't like either of you after that. (laughs) Uh, Let's go through a couple of these quickly because we have a lot to get to in a short amount of time. Rams, Giants. I got the Rams. Okay. Marshy? Rams. Rams here too. Patriots, Bills. Got the Bills. Bills here. Bills at home. Okay. This is a barn burner here. Falcons, Bears. Uh, yeah, threw up in my mouth a little bit on that one. <laughs> Such a bad game. I, I gotta go with the Bears at home. Don't ask me why. Flip a coin, man. I uh, I forget who the hell I picked at this, to be honest. So I'll just say the Bears at home too, because it's gonna be cold. It will be cold. That, that is what I said because it's cold. Yeah. It's off the lake. It, it's at home in, yeah. in uh, Soldier at Soldier Field. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Bears just because uh, I need the Falcons to lose because of the the uh, Waffle House challenge. Oh, that's right. right now, oh. the Falcons are 7-8. and eight. Minnesota is 7-8. and eight. So right now, as it stands, Jamie, you will be eating waffles. Yeah, this because is crazy. They, I, I didn't know about the same what record. Happened? What happened? I didn't have anything to do with it. All of a sudden, I'm sitting here going to have to do 24 hours of waffle eating. What? Yeah. How did this work out? So the, the, exactly. I'd like to know. <laughs> the, wa- the Waffle House challenge... <laughs> Is whichever team has the worst record between the Vikings and the Falcons? This was brought on by a listener, and Anthony and I agreed on on the scenario. Whichever okay. team has the worst record has to spend 24 hours at Waffle House. Now there could be 24. Hours. Yeah, but, but you can shave down the hours based on how many waffles you eat. Do you, you have eat. to eat? Okay. What if I just sit there for 24 hours? You could and do sleep. that. You could so do however that. However many waffles you eat, you can be out of there. Yeah, if so I eat 12 waffles, it's 12, it's 12 hours. hours. 12 hours. Yeah. So if you eat 23, you only got to stay there for one hour. Exactly. Like, I mean, that'd be, be tough on the stomach. It's going to be bad. The, the caveat to this is if they have the same record at the end of the year, Jamie yeah. has to do it. This was a caveat. How did that happen? Don't know. <laughs> Why aren't y'all rooting for that? Still don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be funny for Anthony to do it just because oh, I want Minnesota to be better than Atlanta. How did you? I arrived at work one day and all of a sudden I was the Waffle House Challenge guy. <laughs> it's crap. Either That's way, let's move along here. Raiders, Colts. Uh, Colts. Colts. Ooh, I got Raiders in this Really? One. Yeah, riding the wave, baby. The Raiders, the, the Colts are still fighting for a uh, playoff spot. They are. They are. And they're, they're at home. Raiders playing good under the new head coach. They are. Eagles, Cardinals. I got Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Eagles. Bucks, Saints. Bucks. And the Bucks. Bucks, right yep. here too. 49ers, Commanders. 49ers. 49ers. Jaguars, Panthers. Jaguars. Yeah. Jags. Okay, same here. Uh, Ravens, Dolphins. In Baltimore. I got Baltimore. I got Baltimore. I just think I that they are, again, they are the best team, in my opinion, in the AFC uh, and maybe in the league right now. After the, maybe the ever that in that beat. division. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but they are a really good team right now, especially after that huge win against San Francisco in San Francisco. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Titans, Texans. I got the Texans because C.J. Stroud is back. I had the Titans in this yeah. one. I'll have to maybe flip-flop this yeah. one a little bit. I think bit I'm going to go with the Texans. C.J. Stroud. I'm also on the Texans. Okay, uh, Steelers, Seahawks. This one was tough for me. Really? It wasn't for me. It was tough for me. Yeah, it wasn't I, for me. I, I chose my Steelers. You, But I'm looking at you. You didn't pick them. I did. Right no, there. I see Seahawks. No, I see, right that's there. Steelers. <laughs> see, the, the gold means that's the yeah, side Yeah, you just I pushed it. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I got the Seahawks. I need to. I need. I legit need them to lose this week for my Minnesota Vikings, but I have them winning. Sorry, CD. That's all right. Okay. okay. Uh, Chargers, Broncos. <laughs> I have the Chargers. I got the Chargers. Too. I have the Chargers as well. I mean, what, who? I don't even know who's going to know what's going on in Denver. Denver for that matter. I don't know. No. No. E- Easton Stick. 
What a hockey <laughs> name. That's the quarterback. Oh, yeah, that. That's what I knew you meant. Bengals Chiefs. Getting flashbacks from the early 2000s. Seriously. Uh, Chiefs. Yeah. I'm the Chiefs. I had to bounce back by the Chiefs. Packers, Vikings. You know who Marcy picked. Skull Vikings? Absolutely. I have Jaron Hall coming back as my quarterback. How many quarterbacks have they had this year? Four. Four. Okay, good. But he had a really good drive against the Falcons one before drive. he got injured. Yeah. He looked pretty good, one so I'm gonna I'm gonna rely it's on that. This is something to lean your, hang your hat on, right? Well, you got. I got the Vikings. I got the Vikings as well. So, all right, those are our Pick'em Challenge picks for this week. Uh, don't know what Anthony and Brad have. We'll figure that out following the weekend. Um, right now, the St. Louis Blues have seven players playing in the World Junior Championships. And some of these guys are making serious noise over there. Can the Blues prospects speed up the retooling of this entire franchise right now? We'll get into that. We come back here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. job with their two high forwards picking off passes they've also done a great job extending plays on loose pucks by the blue line with their speed there's the americans again with a shot and another goal and it's Stagaroon again throw your hats a hat trick in the first 13 minutes of game number two that was jimmy Snuggerud, and i am going to jump on the t-shirt wagon here we're going to get T-shirts made that say, teach me how to snug you. I like it. I'm, I'm with it. You know, why not? Yeah, I love it. Right? Mike Ryder, we can make that happen. Right? Yep. <laughs> 101 ESPN, teach me how to snug you. I love it. In about a year or two, we'll have those available. <laughs> but the good news for the Blues is they have some young guys, man. Yeah. For years, the Blues haven't had that. Like, you go back and you look at the pool of players, and it was certainly Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Jake Neighbors. These are guys that you've talked about, right. but not all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That was spaced out. Now you look at this. They get seven guys at the World Junior yeah. Championship. For Again, for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's basically the top players in the entire world under the age of 20 compete in a tournament with their country. So it's best on best for their age bracket. The Blues have seven players in that tournament. And to start the tournament, Jimmy Snuggerud. He's got five goals in two games Not bad. and an assist that I know of. I'd have to ju- double check, but I know that for sure. Then you've got Otto Stengren, who got a hat trick for Sweden. Mm-hmm. And today, Dalibor Dvorsky, your first-round pick, your 10th overall pick, two goals, two assists, four points in this game. It's really good. That's great. It is. Uh, question for you. At what point, because obviously we all are excited about the future, at what point do you start seeing some of these players brought up yeah. to the roster? So that's the tough part. Like, what has to happen for the you, – obviously, you you got to move some people. Some people are not going to be here when those guys come up. But what point do we start to see some of these names, and who do we see first? Yeah, so if your team stays competitive, it should be a little bit longer. Okay. That, that's good. Yeah. Because your team's competitive, and you let the player – develop, marinate. Let's let them marinate a little bit Mm -hmm. before we bring them up here. 
Because sometimes, not sometimes, almost all the time, that's a tough jump to go from junior or college hockey to the NHL, bypassing the American League. Mm-hmm. That's a tough jump. It really is. And some of these players, you know, like a guy like Jimmy Snuggerud, he's a top four, he's a top line forward in college and for Team USA. Mm-hmm. He comes up here. Is, is he replacing Cairo? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Right. So he's going to play on the second, maybe third line. It's the NHL. He's still yeah. going to get a tough matchup. Yeah. So I think realistically. Jimmy Snuggerud has a chance to make this team possibly out of camp next okay. year. Possibly. Okay. Uh, but he'd have to he'd have to beat out a guy that's in the top six, maybe top nine, maybe mm-hmm. play in the middle six. But he'd have to beat that guy out of the, of his job. Right. Which is good if he does, great. That's what you want. But if it's if it's kind of like yeah, not sure, if he, you got to send him down to the minors and let him keep getting opportunities to play, play. first line, yeah. power play, penalty kill, play twenty minutes a game, yeah. so that when he comes up, he's ready. He's you don't ready you don't roll. want him to be up here playing twelve minutes a game or less than that or game. less, and then be, not having success, yeah, not getting the touches that he needs, not mm-hmm. getting the opportunities to score goals. So what makes the because. Obviously, Connor Bedard didn't need to go. He came but straight. That's a whole other level. It, it, just the talent, whole... the, the the talent level is is night and day. It's that it is that different. It is at this point. Okay. Overall, like down the road, who knows? Yeah. Although Connor Bedard projects to be a you know a, a player of this generation yeah. type thing, a star of this generation. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't like Connor Bedard as a comparable because it'd be like. You know, t- take the number one draft pick every mm-hmm. year in the NFL as opposed to a second round pick. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I know Sixth it's the first round, round, seventh round. Yeah, but there's there's differences between can't miss yeah. players who come right in at that age, and there's other players who take them a year or two before they get to get their legs under them, get to understand the systems, and then they get to perform at a high level. So. I, for the the purpose of this exercise, let's not use Connor Bedard. Okay. Let's just use a guy like Jake Neighbors. Gotcha. Okay, so Jake Neighbors came out of junior hockey, came up here, played, what, eight or nine games. Then they sent him back down to junior because he wasn't quite ready. Uh, yeah. Went back, had a very good junior year. Then he got called up here with the Blues, played a bunch at the start, then got sent down to the minors. It took him a while. Yeah. It wasn't right away. Right. So the path for Jake Neighbors was a cup of coffee, then uh Extended appetizer, had a cup of coffee, <laughs> and now he's got he's at the, the dinner table. Course. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yep. So there's a three step process there. That's what I'm hoping happens. Gotcha. For Snuggerud, Dvorsky, all these other guys, because if that's the case, like think about it. Look at Jake Neighbors got 12 goals right mm-hmm. now. So imagine if you had two more of those guys in your roster. Yep. That are able to be difference makers. Are we looking at it in say four to five years? All of these guys being here, and, and how good would this team be at that time? Because so, you still would have uh, Kairou and, and, and Thomas, Thomas still, you'd still part have of it some as well. Veteran guys, yeah. you still have Braden Shen yep. around towards the end of his contract, uh-huh. and so you'd have some some stability there with leadership. Ultimately, four or five years from now, you're looking at being a contender. Okay, you are. If these players pan out, if, right? right. These prospects. Right. Okay, hey, you never know. Guys, you never know. It's hit or miss. Some of these guys could be future Hall of Famers. Some of them might never actually truly play in the NHL full time. Right. It's just the way it happens. Yeah. But if you look at the odds right now, the percentages of the Blues with the players that they've picked in the last couple of years, also with the players that are currently sitting in Springfield right now, the Zachary Bull Dukes, uh, the Zach Deans, you know, they've got a couple of young defensemen too. That are down there. All of a sudden, those guys all seem to emerge at the same right. time. 
You've got a team now that's like, holy crap. Like, look at the Ottawa Senators. Mm -hmm. Now, this year's not telling as to what they should be, but the end of last season was more telling of what they can be. Gotcha. They came out, and you're like, this team's young, one of the youngest teams in the NHL, and they're exciting, and they're full of skill and full of potential, and who knows? And and you hope every, every year you get better. With more experience, another year under your belt, you get that that you become a go from a rookie, a younger guy to becoming a veteran. It life changes when you start to when you make that transition uh, from from like we were talking to Perunovic yesterday. Still a young player, not yeah. a lot of games under his belt, but in two to three years, that conversation and how he feels about his day to day changes because you just feel better and more secure in your day to day life as a as an NHL player. Yeah, we get a text here from three one four Air Comfort Service text line. <sighs> Some people just don't understand some things, and I understand it. We're hyped up on Jimmy Snuggerud right now, mm-hmm. but from the 314, it says Snuggerud is a much better prospect than Neighbors. Uh, he plays in a much better league compared to the WHL. Okay, one, it's not true. Okay. It's not true. You take the top teams from the WHL and you play them against the top collegiate teams, you're probably going to have pretty damn good games. Gotcha. And in some cases, the, the WHL team might win, okay. depending on who they play. You got to remember here, this isn't like pitting Snuggerud versus neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's excited that somebody like Jimmy Snuggerud could get to the NHL as quick as neighbors did. Right. So let's focus on that because otherwise I could say, well, the WHL plays 76 games too in a season. College plays 34, 35. Right. So yeah. <laughs> more opportunities, more experience, more games. But just more NHL style, yeah. right? Yeah. So the, the yeah. transition for Snuggerud to, to pro hockey, which is 80 plus games. Yeah. Maybe that's a little tougher. Right. That's a bigger grind. He's is not there, just playing it, Friday, Saturday. I was going to ask, is there a transition? Because in, it, when I played, obviously, it's much different now. But as a in, in, the, in, the, in the NFL, 16 game versus 11 games in college, there was a – you would hit a rookie wall about halfway through. I never hit through. that rookie wall because I played in junior hockey. Okay. And we played 66 games regular season. We'd have four or five preseason playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, so I was it, playing 80, it's, it's 85 games a year. Yeah. And then when I went to the American League, we're playing 80 games. Right. Plus playoffs. playoffs. Playoffs are a different animal. And so anyway. we get to the NHL, yeah. it's like it's a little more taxing because the right. guys are better players. Right. But the games played is about the same. Gotcha. Um, and three one four follows it up with Snuggy's a top twenty prospect. Neighbors was never in the top fifty. Why are we still? Why are we? Why are we doing this? I just told you let's not compare the two of them. Let's hope that Snuggerud has the same trajectory as and Jake is able Neighbors. to get here in the same amount of time. Yeah, just Similar. because Jake Neighbors wasn't in the top fifty doesn't mean he isn't now. He's one of the top rookie goal scorers right. in the NHL. He's a he, and again sometimes as you said your progression. Is different. Everyone's progression is different. Where you are slated as a younger player to where you are once you get into the league and are there two to three years, there can be a large jump there just understanding what needs 100%. to be taking place. And if Jimmy Snuggerud has 12 goals in 34 games his first full season in the NHL, tell you what, you'll be pleased. Right. You'll, you will be ecstatic because that's like 30, <laughs> 35 goals his rookie yeah. year, which Jake Neighbors is on pace for right. that. You, you can be excited so, about that. Let's be happy with what the Blues have coming up in the pipeline. Doug Armstrong and his scouting staff have done a good job, as well as the coaching staffs at the NHL and American Hockey League level. They've got a lot of young guys to be excited about. And, yes, it might speed up this retooling of the organization based on what we're seeing here recently with these young prospects. So lots of fun, lots of excitement heading forward with the Blues Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. We come back, we're going to talk about 2023, some of the highs and lows, 
And we want your participation in this as well. We're talking about sporting highs and sporting lows. And for us, we're going to also divulge a couple of personal highs and lows as well. That's next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast lane here, Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh here with you. I'm here at least for another 12 minutes, and then I'll hand the ball off to Kerry, and BT will be joining him. All right, before we went to the break, we talked about 2023 highs and lows, sports-wise and personally. So for you guys, what was your 2023 high in a sporting way? For me, well, I'll go, I'm a big, big boxing fan. I love boxing. Love it. Like, I like seeing people get punched in the face. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And so, Bud Crawford, Earl Spence was one of the big fights of the year. I'm a Bud Crawford fan. He beat the hell out of Earl Spence, and I expected it to be that way. Actually, somebody owes me some money. I got to figure out who that is. Oh, Just thought about that. Speaking of punching in the face. Because yeah. <laughs> they didn't come to me. I'm going to have to go to That's them. That's right. Don't make me come to you. <laughs> but that was a, a, a very, very high for me, just watching that event. Because, again, boxing is one of my favorite sports. I just love the, the competitive nature of it. I wish we had more of the boxers willing to fight one another. This was one of the mega fights. I mean, uh-huh. that, you know, Floyd and, and Pacquiao took way too many years to actually get to it. And by the time they got to it, it was, it was too boring. Yeah. And so this was a two fighters really in their prime, two of the best fighters. And, and they actually decided to actually meet, which was awesome for me. Marshy? My high was the Battle Hawks coming back to defeat the San Antonio Brahmas. They were down 15 to 3 with less than 3 minutes left and they ended up winning that game 18 to 15. I thought that was an awesome game and a great way to kick off the XFL season for the Battle Hawks. Uh, for me, it was uh, starting the game that Adam Wainwright won his 200th game uh, in. Yeah. I'm on the bump. Yeah. You know, first pitch, <laughs> threw it out there. I set the table for Wayno. He came in. I should have got the win, yeah. actually. Um, but uh, they, didn't, they didn't put you in there? No, they, uh, no, I started the game. Yeah. I threw the first pitch. They didn't know that. Yeah, but, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, day. Wayno followed up. I gave him a little advice. Did you give him a pat on, hey, this is how you do it? Yeah. Watch. I said, hey, see that one there? Don't do that. <laughs> no, but that was, for me, the biggest sporting moment for me of the year was um, – Adam Wainwright getting that 200th win and just being there. I was there in yeah, person, seeing cool. it, and not being a part of it, but kind of being yeah. there. Like, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I joke about it, but it was cool to be yeah. there. So yeah. that was, uh, for me, the highlight. And I think the three of us probably agree that St. Louis City SC having the season that oh, they yeah. had, too, yeah. was pretty awesome. Oh, for yeah. sure. Seeing uh, the fans that came out for that and uh, the passion right. was pretty cool. All right, so where do we want to go from here, Marshy? Sporting lows? Yeah, I'll start off with that one. Kirk Cousins just oh, blowing his Achilles. Yeah, uh, They were on a run, too, so who knows what the season ends up looking like if he's healthy. But Kirk Cousins getting injured in Green Bay, that is definitely a low for me. He's a free agent after this year, right? He is, so we'll see Does if they bring him re-signed? back. I think they have to. I think this yeah. season showed how much they, got nothing how in much the they need him. Kirk has made a lot of money, man. Good player. Guaranteed. He's a steady guy. Man. He is the he 2022 is. Bart Star Award winner. Yeah, so you, you need that, to bring Kieran. that guy oh, back. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's news I can use. <laughs> what's, what's your low, Kerry? My low is going to be one Connor Stallions from the University of Why? Michigan 
Because Big it, Ten guy, I think you'd like him. Well, I do well, no. I, I think it, <laughs> I think it brought a, a a black eye to. I mean, you got a guy on the sideline wearing Central Michigan gear with spy glasses on. Mm, fire like chips. That, that was a that was a. Bad, bad Maybe look. Maybe he was watching on the Amazon oh, glasses, watching a movie. I know, <laughs> yes, I did see those. Yeah. I don't think that's what he was doing. No? Ah, okay. I don't think so. I think yeah. he was recording something. What? I mean, to me, because it takes away <clears throat> from the integrity of the game. Like, we all know. You're if doing a team, it anyway. We, it, we all know. Of course. If a team is willing to show you their signs and you can pick something up, then you do it. But yeah. to be on an opposing team's sideline in a game that you're not even, your team is not even playing in, he was he was all in. Now, we'll give him credit for that. If you're not cheating, you're not, if you're not cheating you ain't trying. That's what I was talking a long time ago. Hey, have, have you guys seen the movie I Spy? With Eddie Murphy and, uh, and yes, Owen Wilson. Long time ago. Oh, yes. you would love the, the the scene where they they put the like the contact glasses in. Yes, that was that's what it reminds me of. You know, <laughs> he was for me cheating. for me it's an easy one. Uh, actually, it wasn't easy. I had to pick between two, uh, Blues or the Cardinals. Uh. Mm. To be or not to be? <laughs> that is the question. I'll stay in my lane, and I'll say that the Blues, you know, not making the playoffs last year, having to sell off all their assets, mm. and then ultimately having to fire Craig Berube, that, that to me is the low. Yeah. Now, obviously things are much better here. They're fighting for a playoff spot. But I would like to see my Blues playing meaningful games come the end of the season to where they have a chance to be in the playoffs, as opposed to last year where there was no meaningful games for a really, really long Time. Yeah, last year was a rough year. You had the what was it an eight game losing streak after a seven game winning? It was weird. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was man. a lot. It was, it was. It was weird. All right, Marshy, are we going personal stuff or are we going to the text line? Let's go to the text line uh, real quick before we get into the uh, the personal stuff. Let's go with oh here's a high. Yeah, I was at the game to see Jamie throw out the first pitch. <laughs> There you go. Willing Wayno to 200. <laughs> uh, the, the low for this texture from the 217. The blown save in Miami on the error Ooh, after the Walker and Homer to give us the lead. The Jordan Hicks airmailing one? Yep. yep. Yeah. He, wow. Those are great. That was a good that one. Was that, was, that, was, that one was one where you're just like, ah, oh, this is bad, bro. It's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> this is not great. This isn't good. Not great. One of the uh, 2023 lows is obvious, according to the 618, leaving a Power 5 team out of the playoff that is undefeated. They must be a Florida State fan. That is ridiculous. I was bothered by that because it almost, I mean, we understand how important quarterback play is, but you you are really discrediting an entire team. That was a team playing with their third quarterback that won that championship game. The second string quarterback would more than likely been back for a playoff run. And, you know, they played well on defense. They played well as a team. And to just dismiss that entire team because the starting quarterback, who was who is a hell of a quarterback, yeah. not able to play, I think it was unfortunate and, and unfair. I'll say unfortunate. I won't say unfair. Uh, I think they got it right. I don't. I do. I don't. I do. For I me, it's it. like you got, the, you got a Porsche parked out in the parking lot, but it doesn't have an engine. How, are you going to win that race? You probably aren't. Or you got or you got a four-cylinder underneath the hood <laughs> instead of the V8. You going to win well, that race, Kerry? It, it depends on how much gas it requires and how long the race is. Does it, no, but unfortunately, <laughs> in football, there's a clock that tells you how long it's going to be. Well, maybe.
So that's the way I look at it. All right, Marshall, what else we got? Uh, we have a sporting low from Thanks Dad. When the cards, when cards fans crucified Adam Wainwright after the Kansas City game, that was ugly AF yeah. to look. Oh, yeah. Or it was, was an bad. ugly AF look, and it was uh, embarrassing to be a part of the same fan base. Yeah, that was that tough. Was bad. There were, you know, I think, unfortunately, the combination of a really bad season along with Adam Wainwright not having a great season, still chasing 200. I think people just got a little confused maybe in their points of view at times. But Yeah, but they were terrible. So what difference did it make? It's not like... Some people don't care. You know, this viewed Adam Wainwright as part of the problem. Did he? How many games did he did he take it at, at bat? How many games did he pitch out of the bullpen? He only pitched one every every fifth day. So those other four days, what was going on I then? Know. But those guys were pitching terrible too. That's, That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying <laughs> is it just it's like all of it piled on each other. Yeah, he had to, to delete his his social media for a time. It was bad. It was, it was a bad look. Shame on you. It was you all that did that. It was out there. All right, Marsha, what do you got? I'll go with the uh, personal high. I'll get okay. a little uh, sentimental here, but meeting my my girlfriend, you know, wow. I, I got to throw that in there. Wow. You, give, you do got to throw that in there. Throw Good that job. in there. That's the high of the year, baby. Well, well done. Wow. Well played. Uh, for me, a couple of highlights in the last year. One is being able to get that Bally's job. Congratulations. You know, obviously, here at 101 SPN, love being here. And now to expand that into doing TV for the Blues uh, was, was awesome. And also, little merger, the Rivers House. Hey. My girlfriend Ashley moved in with me in the last year, and it's been awesome. So those are two personal highs. Congratulations. Uh, my high is going to be here right now with you all. Nice. That's awesome, man. Oh, I, I, man, I love you guys, man. You guys are awesome. It's been <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Huh? No, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously the transition from mornings to afternoons, is it's a difference. I, I love Randy. I love Brooke. I love uh, Rock. Those guys are, are awesome. But I, I do love being in here with you all. So I'm looking forward to what 2024 holds. I think we're going to have, uh, have a lot of fun and do a great job. All right, awesome. On that note, we're not going to go to the lows. Forget yeah, about that. We're going to stay positive here <laughs> in the fast lane. Uh, we got the gauntlet coming up next. We got a new contestant, or we need a new contestant. So please text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Gauntlet with Kerry Davis, Brad Thompson, and Andrew Marsh coming up next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Welcome back to the Fast Lane. It's Gary Davis. Brad Thompson is joining us. Jamie Rivers had to take off and go do that hockey. Marshy is here, and it is time for the gauntlet. So let's get to it. Marsh, what you got? All right, we have Tom joining the show today. How you doing, Tom? Fine. How you boys? We're doing great. great. We're doing great. great. We got BT with us as well, and we want to know who you are choosing today for the gauntlet. Uh, oh, let's go with Mr. Kerry Davis. Yeah. Well, I will uh, right. step out and let you all get to it. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, Tom. So is there a specific category that you are looking for? Baseball. You're looking for baseball. All right. Okay. Well, before we get started, for those that do not know how the gauntlet works, you get four questions. If you get that question correct, well, then you get two points if you don't need the options. If you do need the options, then 
You get one point if you get it correct. And if you get it wrong, well, you get zero points. All right, Tom, tell me to spin the wheel and we'll get things going. Spin that wheel, Marshy. BT, you think it's going to land on baseball or what are, you, what are you thinking? I'm feeling baseball here. I think that it's going to land right where Tom wants it. Hey, I got a quick question. How about Lake Snell, five years at 80 million? Say that one more time, Tom. Like Snell for the Cardinals on five-year deal, $80 million. Would what do you think, Yeah, there is not a snowball's chance in Hades <laughs> that he will sign for five years and $80 million. But if you could get him <laughs> for five years, 80, Tom, yes, absolutely. I think he's going to get north of $200 million, though. Ooh, not enough. Not in the Cardinals range. <laughs> I don't think it is, Tom. I don't think it is. <laughs> All right, Tom. Unfortunately, it's not baseball today. You get football against Kerry. How's that sound? Okay, that'll work. All right. BT, I know you are in your I basement you. You right just... now. You got the questions? Yeah, man. You sent them. We are a well-oiled machine, Marshy. We are. All right. I'm going to start off with question number one, Tom. Here we go. Through 15 games, which team leads the NFL in points for? Miami Dolphins. Is that your final answer? Final answer. All right. Question number two, Tom. Which team recently won the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Uh, options. Was it Arizona, NC State, or Kansas State? Kansas State. Final answer. Question number three. Tennessee is going up against which team on New Year's Day in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? I've seen that on the uh, options. Options are Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin? Iowa. Final answer? Final answer. All right, question number four. Who was the last wide receiver to lead the NFL in receiving yards in back-to-back seasons? Tyreek Hill. Final answer. All right, let's bring in Kerry Davis. Tom, man, how do you think you did on this one? Uh, 50-50. 50-50, look, that's uh, that's not a bad place to be, Marsh. I feel like Tom was ready for this opportunity. I think so, too. Tom, Tom, he had a question coming in, but it seemed like he found all the answers in the gauntlet. So, Kerry is back. Kerry, pack a lunch. Oh, man. All right. All right, we'll start off with question number one. It is football. Oh, well, that's a gift and a curse. There you go. So, question number one. Through 15 games, which team leads the NFL in points four? Ooh. I mean, one team put up 70 points in a game. One would have to assume that the Miami Dolphins are. I mean, you got. uh, I'm going to. I'm not even going to, because I'm sure the Dolphins are on the list. I'm going to go Miami Dolphins. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Kerry, question number two. Which team recently won the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Oh, it would be, oh, man, I just saw it. Arizona. Final answer? Final answer. Question number three. Tennessee is going up against which team on New Year's Day in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? So it is a Big Ten team because I looked at all. It's six teams playing Big Ten teams. Is it Iowa? Iowa sounds right. I'm going to go the Iowa Hawkeyes. I could be completely wrong on all three of these, but I'm going to go Iowa Hawkeyes. Final answer. 
All right, question number four. Gary, who was the last wide receiver to lead the NFL in receiving yards in back-to-back seasons? Ooh. Oh, there's a guy. This feels like a homer question here, Marshy. There's a guy that plays for the Minnesota Vikings that's pretty darn good. But give me the options just to be safe. All right, you've got Brandon Lloyd, oh. Andre Johnson, or Calvin Johnson. Oh, man, I was way off. Back-to-back years. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with, I don't think it's B. Lloyd, which would be absolutely amazing. I know he led it one year. I don't think he did it twice. I'm going to go Andre Johnson. Final answer. All right. I wanted to go Calvin so bad. <laughs> God dog it. We'll see what happens here. Let's go through these questions. Question number one. Through 15 games, which team leads the NFL in points for? Tom, you said the Miami Dolphins. CD, you said the Miami Dolphins. The correct answer is? It is, in fact, the Miami Dolphins. But neither of you needed the option, ah, so we're all tied up on. at two right here. Question number three. Tennessee is going up against which team on New Year's Day in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? Tom, you said Iowa. CD, you said Iowa. The correct answer is? It's Iowa. But (laughs) Tom needed the options. All right. Carrie, you have a four to three lead. Question number two. Which team recently won the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Tom, you said it was Kansas State. CD, oh. you said Arizona. Oh, was I wrong? Correct answer is <laughs> Arizona yeah. did win the Alamo Bowl, oh. but they did not win Gosh, the Pop Tarts Bowl. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> it was Kansas State. No. So Tom has tied it up. He did Both need the options. So we come down to the final question. That was nice. Who was the last wide receiver to lead the NFL in receiving yards in back-to-back seasons? Mm. Tom, you said Tyree Kill. Carrie, you used the options. We know that Tyree Kill is not an option. It's either Brandon Lloyd, Andre Johnson, or Calvin Johnson. If it is Calvin Johnson, CD, you win. You win the gauntlet. If it is anybody else, Brandon I Lloyd. Andre, I said, uh, I'm sorry, Johnson. Andre Johnson. You I said mean, Andre I, Johnson. I, I wasn't going to correct you, but I would If it have. is Calvin Johnson, <laughs> we're going to a walk-off. There if it's go. Brandon Lloyd, we're going to a walk-off. If it's Andre Johnson, CD, you win. All right. I wish I had said Calvin now. Correct answer is? CD picked the wrong Johnson. It's Calvin. God. Walk it off. All right. So, Tom, we are going to a tiebreaker. We'll have the tiebreaker question. <laughs> Carrie, you know the drill. You were actually in a tiebreaker situation the other day. So you'll write down the answer, and then immediately, Tom, after CD writes down his answer, we will need your answer. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right. Tiebreaker question is, the Cowboys are second in the NFL in points scored with 451. How many points have the Miami Dolphins scored this season? All right, we have Carrie's answer. Tom? 610. All right, we have a winner. Tom? You have chosen poorly. You lose! BT, what was the correct answer? 
The correct answer is 463. And mm. Carrie wrote down 487. Mm. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> uh, good try. Thank, thank you, guys. Yeah. Good job, Tom. Thank you, Tom. You guys have a good Tom. new year and good weekend. Thank you, same, same to you. Thank you, Tom. Guys, Tom had Tom had that as secretariat at the <laughs> Belmont right there with the Dolphins this year. It was a that was high-powered a offense yeah, and a pretty a good lead still yeah. uh, over over the Cowboys, but certainly not 147 points. I nah. did the math on my calculator and it totally checked out. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that whew, doing football, nice work, doing your sport is a little difficult. Have you Dude, have you found that to be the case? The way that you laid it out, I thought was perfect. That's a blessing yeah. and a curse because <laughs> you're expected to know all these things. Yes. And when there's like a really simple one where everybody at home knows it, and yeah. you're sitting there with just the brain farts, yes, it's the worst feeling in the world. I knew I watched Arizona play last night. I wasn't sure which game it was because I saw the pop tart dancing on something, <laughs> but I wasn't sure which game it was. I was confused. <laughs> Had no well, clue. You won nonetheless. That's a win. Thankfully, yes. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm Kerry. That's BT. Marshy is here. Coming up next, which Cardinal has the most to prove in 2024? We'll ask our great friend BT because he's there every day. That's next on the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Fast Lane. Kerry Davis, Brad Thompson, Andrew Marsh, and BT. We asked this question before we went to break. Which Cardinal, which young Cardinal has the most to prove in 2024? So we're, we're going to go. I'm going to give you some names. And if you want to add someone, okay. you're more than willing to. You got Mason Wynn. He's a young guy. You got Jordan Walker. Uh, obviously, Nolan Gorman. Anyone else that you would like to name on that list? Anyone else? Maybe some of the pitchers that you would be thinking about. Yeah. Which one of these yeah, guys that, has the most to prove? Uh, out of the young guys, and I, I think I think we should expand the conversation too in a minute too to just Cardinals in general. Okay. They have a couple of names, and one might might be a head scratcher for some. Uh, but I would expand that list. And uh, twenty six years old maybe isn't young, mm-hmm. but when it comes to time in the big leagues, this guy just hasn't been there that long. And I'm looking for uh, for a lot, and I know they are out of Lars Newt Bar. Okay. I think putting Newt. I think putting Newt on this list is safe. I mean, the guy is an international sensation. Mm-hmm. He's like BFFs with Shohei. Right. I mean, he's he's done it all. He showed you last year. He's an on base machine. He's got sneaky pop. Uh, he doesn't strike out a ton. He knows his strikes on well. I want to see it for a full season. Carry we saw it for 117 games last year. But Lars Newtbar is one to me. You hear all these different trade rumors of people are calling for Cardinal outfielders yeah. and uh, they they want Newtbar and the Cardinals are shutting it down. He needs to be a dude for them. I think that he is a very uh, important key piece to what they're doing. Now next year you you agree with that one I I do I think he's one of the names that when you are looking at this particularly the outfield you need a guy you got to have guys that are going to be consistent um, playing well playing at a high level and I do think that his name is one of the names on that list that you want to perform and want to see him perform at a high level more consistently I I think he did a great job uh, at times last year but I think he leaves me me wanting a little more every now and then 
Yeah, and, and it's a big pivotal year. Again, yeah. only 117 games last year. You're looking for even more out of him. He's got to be an everyday player. You hope that he plays upwards of 150-plus games, and uh, you hope that he's able to do that at the highest level. I want to throw in a couple of pitchers, too, and pitchers that are, might not be there come opening day. They're going to have to fight for jobs. But when you're thinking about things to prove, mm-hmm. I think that it's very fair to throw Matthew Libertor in there now. Okay. He's, he's gotten a taste of the big league. We've seen some good. We've seen some bad. We've seen some in-between. You've seen reasons why he was one of the top-ranked left-handed prospects in the game of baseball, but you've also seen it just kind of be a roller coaster ride for him. It's about that time where he's going to need to be consistent. I believe that it has nothing to do with his physical ability. I just believe that he needs to just quit thinking. Just go out there and just just let it rip. I mean, just know. Confidence is a hell of a thing, isn't it, it Kerry? It really is. I mean, I, I watched his first appearance. I think it was against the Brewers uh, this year when he, when he came up, and he – I thought he did an outstanding job. I thought he looked yeah. good, had great movement on his pitches, and I thought he was going to be, you know, one of the guys that you could really lean on. But when you don't have confidence or you're not really comfortable in that role or whatever that role is coming to the big leagues and, and just taking that step, it takes some time to really – and it's crazy to think, right, because the dimensions don't change. The ballparks might be a little bit bigger, more fans, but all in all, the field is still the same, but you, the moment feels a little bit bigger. So gaining that confidence obviously will allow you to play and perform much better. Yeah, that's one of the things, too. You you know that when you get to the big league level, you are going against the best of the best. Yeah. The, the This is the upper echelon. So certainly any mistake that you make, there's a very good chance that that's going to get harder. You don't mm-hmm. get, get hit harder. You don't get away with as many mistakes at the big league level. But you also have to remember that as the young player that's breaking into the big leagues, and Matthew Libertor has got a taste of the big leagues in a couple of years, but he's only pitched in 30. 30- games. He's only made 18 starts overall, and he's only 24 years old, just turned 24, so still a lot of growing room for him. But sometimes you have to realize that the stuff that got you to the big leagues yes. will keep you in the big leagues. Like, you got there for a reason. <laughs> yes. And that's a, that doesn't mean you don't try to get better and you don't try to change, but I think the biggest issue that you can have as a young pitcher is you start nibbling. You start giving these hitters too much credit just because you recognize the name on their back mm-hmm. or you heard the scouting report and say, wow, <laughs> this guy hammers curveballs. But, but I love my curveball. I guess I can't throw it. The hell with that? Throw yeah. your curveball. Yeah. And, and have that conviction in it. And I think that that's something that Matthew Libertor, um, if he can harness that game in and game out, I think that he's going to be just fine. And the other uh, young pitcher that I'd like to throw on this list is Zach Thompson. Yeah. We've seen really good stuff out of him as well. I don't know what his future role is going to look best at. We've seen him start 10 games in the big leagues, nine of them last year. We've seen him be effective out of the bullpen. His stuff plays mid to upper 90s fastball, good breaking ball. But where is he going to emerge? He's 26 years old, 47 games as a big leaguer, small sample size, but we talked uh, the other day, Kerry, we talked about competition in spring training. Right. There's going to be two guys that are going to be fighting for jobs. They got a chance to make a big impression. I, I, I Completely. Two players that I have in mind, and we talked about one the other day because we were talking about maybe he would be one of the pieces that got traded if you were looking for a pitcher, but it's Nolan Gorman. H- him being the 40, 35, 40 home run hitter that popped from the left-hand side for me is is – 
you want to see that. And we talked about the other day how much potential he has. And, and obviously there are a lot of teams that would be intrigued by him. But if he's in a Cardinal uniform, I want to see that every time he comes up to the plate. The potential to drive one in the gap, drive one over the fence, being who we expect him to be, I think would be awesome for this lineup and give your pitchers more confidence knowing that you're going to score more runs and you can trust when that guy gets up to bat, he's going to give you a hell of a job. Yeah, I think that he's a great choice for this one, Kerry, and especially a guy that made the adjustments that he made after his rookie year. Guy comes in, I'm not saying that he's not going to be this crazy high on base percentage Mm -hmm. guy where he's drawing walks left and right. I don't think that's going to be his game. But he did revamp his swing from 2022 to 2023 where he wasn't as susceptible to the fastball up in the zone because he, like, as soon as uh, the big leagues have a book on you, they're going to keep going to it until you prove you can either lay off of it, which was a huge issue for Mm -hmm. that high fastball for him, (laughs) or you can hit it with authority. And he started laying off of it a little bit more. I think that one of the biggest keys for Nolan Gorman heading into next year is realizing that he has power to all fields. We see that prodigious power pull side. I mean, he hit some majestic homers, but we've also seen him let the ball travel and really scorch the ball the other way. I think that's going to be a big key if he continues to unlock lock that but I really like like that one who's the other guy you had on your list the other one is Yvonne Herrera and only oh I like it so the reason being because if we still believe in 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 Wilson Contreras not having to catch every single day and because he can DH and hopefully not in the outfit I don't necessarily want to see him in the outfield I'm good on that but DHing and, and taking some of those days off from being behind the plate you need a steady a solid guy behind the plate and I think Yvonne Herrera can be that. It's similar to what the Blues have with Joe Hofer and, and Jordan Bennington. When when Bennington is out, you trust Joe Hofer to take care of the business. If Avon Herrera can step up into that spot, now you're looking at a team that can have Wilson as, as the DH. If Nolan Gorman is not doing well, back is sore, whatever the case may be, he can have a day off. I think that just opens up more things for this team if Avon Herrera does a really good job in 24. Yeah, man, two really good ones. The the Herrera, it wasn't that long ago, Kerry, we were talking about heir apparent, yeah. right, that he was supposed to be the guy after the guy uh, of Yadier Molina. Now things have slowed a little bit, pumped the brakes on the whole heir apparent thing, but we want to talk about another guy that made big adjustments last year, both offensively and defensively. It's Herrera. Totally changed his setup as a hitter. He's way more open in his stance. He's seeing the ball better. He's driving it. Now, Kerry, I'll be totally honest with you. I really don't care what he does with the bat. <laughs> I want him to be great for his pitching staff, and uh, his preparation is very good. You know, we we uh, lauded the preparation of Andrew Kisner, how he went about it, and it was a conversation that I had during the season with Ollie Marmel about Herrera. I said, hey, from, from that standpoint, mm-hmm. where is he? And he said, man, he is a lot closer to Kisner than you would expect, yeah. like, as far as hours and time and preparation going into game planning. That's not a like that's not a normal thing for a lot of young catchers who just never have done it, especially at the big league level with all the information that is there. Um, so I, I think that he is a really good one. That is going to be interesting to see how they dole out all the at-bats this year at yep. that position, carry. because as you mentioned, look, I, I don't necessarily want to see uh, Contreras out in the outfield either. No, thank uh, you. If it's a one-off, okay, <laughs> great. Right. Uh, but I also don't – 
he can't take all of his at-bats at the DH position either because you yeah. need to bounce that around. you got aging superstars on your corners, mm-hmm. and you have Nolan Gorman who has had the back issues. You would like to keep the bat in the lineup sometimes and maybe get him off his feet. Yep. So that DH flexibility is really an important one, but I like the Herrera one overall. I'm going to throw you another name that's okay. not a young guy. Okay, but I think that he's got a lot to prove this year. I'd say maybe the most to prove out of the the entire roster. How about Steven Matz, Gary? I, I, I knew that that was going to be the name that you brought just because of he had a hell of a spring training. I thought he did outstanding in spring training, and we were expecting the season to kind of go in that same way. And then he struggled. And then he went to the bullpen and he figured some things out and then he came back to being a starter. I agree. I think when when you have the contract and, and there are expectations placed upon you and the, the the one of the main things that we've talked about all season is what? Pitching, starting pitching. And if you're that fifth guy, fourth guy, whatever the case may be, there are some expectations from you. And I would love to see him perform in the way that he did once he came back out of the bullpen. Yeah, and you mentioned that. He, he talked about going to the bullpen and what he learned there. And he, he learned how to trust his stuff and how to be ready from pitch number one. Because out of the bullpen, you don't have time to ease into action. It's like, well, let's see if this is working. <laughs> do, 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 do. Right. You have to compete and shove right away. And there was a different mindset for him coming out of the pen. There was a different aggressiveness. And for all the success that Steven Matz has had at the big league level, like he does not have all the time, at least that killer instinct. And I would right. love to just be able to, uh, if you want to just give some an attribute it's like here take your skill set and then take this and then go tell people you're going to kill them before you pitch to them (laughs) and you're going to be good to go like I think that he could do that but you look at him you mentioned the money four years 44 million dollar deal carry he's made 27 starts in two years with the Cardinals and we've seen good bad and ugly but we ended with him obviously getting hurt that Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly how you wanted to end but you look at his last seven starts before he hit the I.L. 38 and two-thirds innings pitched. He struck out 38 during that time. Only seven walks, so over a 5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. He had a 1.86 ERA and a 190 average against. The team was 6-1 and one in those seven starts. That's the guy. That was the guy that was pitching with the confidence that you were talking about, that change out of the bullpen where he was just going out there and shoving. And you talk about a difference maker in the rotation. I totally understand Cardinal fans that look at the rotation and say, well, you added more middle depth with Lynn and you added more middle middle of the rotation depth uh, with Kyle Gibson. But where's you know where's the, the more high-end stuff? I'm not trying to tell you that Steven Matz is going to be Blake Snell, Kerry. Yeah. But I am going to tell you that he's got more swing and miss than some of these guys. Guys, and I think that he could be a huge impact and a huge force in this uh, in this rotation. I agree wholeheartedly. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Kerry Davis. The new year is around the corner, just a few days away. People are making some New Year's resolutions. We got some resolution or reservation. That'll be next when we return on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What about my New Year's resolution? Welcome back to the Fast Lane. As I said earlier, the New Year is a few days away, and everyone likes to make New Year's resolutions. Right, BT? We enjoy that. 
And yeah, then, I mean, I like making them. I don't yeah, know if, uh, like, if you follow through. really sticking with them. It's some hard. of us want to make New Year's reservations. So we got resolution or reservation. And, uh, Marcia, tell us a little bit about this. What we got? Okay, so this came from a, uh, from a line in a Drake song, Thank Me Later. He says, it's December 31st, and we're in Miami just meditating. You got resolutions. We just got reservations. So I have a list of different <laughs> things that could potentially happen in 2024. And some people would say, oh, they're just resolutions. We want them to happen. But it's for us to decide if they are going to happen. We're making reservations here. So I'll start off with the Cardinals win the division and at least one playoff round. Oh, better make those reservations, Kerry. Yeah, better make BC. those reservations. Yeah, You're talking, like... about a, talking about a one-off last year. 20 games <laughs> under 500. Anything that didn't resemble Cardinal baseball showed up. You don't think you got rid of all those demons in one season? Come on now. And the division itself is, as we know, not the best. I don't know what the Cubs are going to end up doing. I know the Brewers are just having a yard sale right now, which is cold down in Milwaukee. But uh, you'll do anything for a good deal. Make your reservations now. Playoff tickets available on season ticket packages at cardinals.com. <laughs> I love the 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 idea. I do. I mean, that was a hard year of baseball for all St. Louis Cardinal fans. I feel as though those are more resolutions than, than making a reservation, BT. I don't, I don't know. I'm I got to I got to see how this they got a rough start to the season and going to be some really good teams that they face to start this season Dude, off. That, that is no <laughs> joke. The first month of the schedule it's for the Cardinals. Be Dude, tough. You're, you're starting out in L.A. Yeah. with Shohei Yamamoto. I think there's three West Coast trips in like the first month. It's, it, I mean, it is a lot. You got to get to it early. And if you don't, you could be, you know, behind the eight ball again as they were last season. Yeah, reservations. <laughs> we have Mizzou taking on Ohio State tonight in the Cotton Bowl. Resolution or reservation, Mizzou hosts a first-round game in the 2024 college football playoff. Ooh, I'm going to say, you know what? People think I'm a Mizzou hater, which I am. But I am fair and I am honest. Mizzou has a really easy schedule for 2024. Make a reservation. Plan it. Do it. Get your book. Get your get your flights, your 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 bus fare, whatever, however you gotta get there to wherever you need to go. If it's in Columbia or wherever it's gonna be, get ready. Mizzou will be in the first round. They will be preparing for a playoff in 2024. I mean, I'm in. Look, here, you sold me. You're the football. I was going to go the other direction, but then you got on your soapbox and you were, you were, buying, you were, you were getting people tickets. You were about to give airline miles out. Figuring it out, man. So I'm yeah. in. But the the only, uh, uh, well, I don't want to use the term reservation here. The only uh, question I have is, like, it's just, it's hard to be consistent, right? It, there are, like, is. a couple of teams that yes. are consistent in college football, and we know who they are, right? Yep. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are your, your guys that are there year in, year out, perennially. Mizzou has not proven to be there yet, but in all fairness, what they've built there, and now you've got a full recruiting class that are, is doing exactly what they wanted it to do, uh, there's no reason to believe with all the talent that should be returning this team that they shouldn't be in a similar position. I agree. I think they got a really good chance. I mean, that, if you look at this 2024 schedule, it's not a lot of games that, that strike a lot of fear in you. So, And they'll start the season off, if they win tonight, probably in the top 10 for, for 2024 I think you got a chance to be a really good team for 2024. They've done a really good job in recruiting as well.
You were surprised, by the way. You and I were talking uh, during the breaks. I asked you, you know, what was your lean on this game? You thought that Mizzou should have it. Uh, yeah. Mizzou is a five-and-a-half-point underdog right now to Ohio State. Which is a little bit mind-blowing, seeing that Ohio State doesn't even have their starting quarterback playing. That played all season long. Hey, Ohio State has done that before. <laughs> they have done it. They won another championship. Cardale Jones. <laughs> the third guy. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to the Cardinals on this one. Resolution or reservation for the Cards? They trade for another starter before spring before spring training. Yeah, get some resolutions on that <laughs> one. Like, uh, I think you look at it, and you're like, oh, you know, that would be that would be good. Like if it falls in your lap, that'd be really like I would love to have abs if it's easy. <laughs> um, I think that would be that would be nice. Um, if not. I'm totally happy with this body right now, Kerry, <laughs> and I feel like it's worked so far. Uh, we're going to be good to go. I think that's more of a resolution. I really think that if, if the right deal falls to them without what they feel is like crippling either their major league roster, I would say more so their major league roster than their farm system at this point, I think they would do it. But for the type of starter that is really going to change your franchise for this upcoming year at least, it's going to be hard to see a deal that doesn't hurt your big league team. Yeah, I'm, I'm resolution as well. Uh, I think in free agency, they are more than likely completely done with that. And as you said, making a trade would involve moving some pieces that uh, you may want to see how well they perform to start the season off. Guys, I think it's no secret that Blues fans want Jordan Cairo's offensive numbers to go up. Right now, he has nine goals on the season. So resolution for Blues fans, or is it a reservation that Jordan Cairo is a 30-goal scorer by the end of the season? We got nine right now in 34 games. Is that right? Sure. Come is, on. The math, Come on. is the math mathing? I think the math <laughs> is mathing. What do you say, BT? Is that a, is that a well, reservation? this you, is... This is a quite the resolution, isn't it? Uh, look, you're tied for 114th in the NHL in goals right now. Now, this is a guy that is not afraid to take shots, mm -hmm. for sure, at the opposition or his former coach. Uh, you look at 18th in – he's 18th in the NHL with 120 shots. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, so he'll get his at some point. He'll get them, but he ain't going to get up to 30 this year. Oh. <laughs> too soon? I is it too so, soon? Man. Maybe not. I mean, we're, 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 it's done. What's done is done, BT. What's done is done. <laughs> when you say things, Kerry, I've learned. Uh, I've learned once it comes out of your mouth, hey. people don't forget. Nah, you can't bring uh, it back. Because I still have uh, comments that I've made come back to me all yeah, the time. Yeah, I've heard about those. Yeah. Hey, puppies. You love them, though. I'm a big fan. Big fan. <laughs> Even the ones that, that eat your furniture. Yes, still have that dog. There She's eating four chairs. She's oh. the best. <laughs> Expensive, but good dog. All right, BT, you are the uh, resident soccer expert here on the show. Resolution for City SC fans or reservation that the club repeats as the number one team in the West next year. Yeah. Oh, look, Kerry, uh, you know, I'm a big soccer guy. Yeah. Huge soccer guy. Grew up. Uh, knowing that soccer was a sport. So, look, um, I can see the optimism. And there should be optimism. You're the first ever, first ever expansion team to win your conference. That's mm -hmm. something. They came yeah. out three points ahead of Seattle to do so. Um, the thing is, you know how hard it is to repeat yep. just in general, yep. right? And I think the next step for City is, 
is not to win the conference again. It's to advance in the postseason. Yes. So uh, I think that that's where the focus should be. 18 teams, as you know, Kerry, make the playoffs in MLS. Mm-hmm. All right, there's plenty of room. To get in, plenty of wiggle room. So when it comes to repeating again, uh, I'm going to go as resolution on this one, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a great season for them. You know what? I I agree wholeheartedly. It is so tough to to repeat the success that you have. And normally in your second year, especially as an expansion franchise, teams know you. They know your style. They figure it out. They start to to pick up on tendencies. They know exactly what you are and what you're going to do. And so I believe with all of that said, Book your reservation because they're going to do it again. (laughs) They will be the number one seed. They will win a playoff game, games, and make it to the second round and potentially be the champions. So get your reservations ready. That's my opinion. I like it. You're going to be sitting there front row with the Luligans. I love it. Yes. Yelling and screaming and doing all of the chants. Got to learn them first, but I'll get it done. Well, you can blow on a boo-boo sail of that. I don't want to. I don't know about that. I, no, thank you. Don't know Go ahead and try it right nah, now. No thanks. <laughs> Coming up in 15 minutes, we have the sports six pack. So make sure you get your text into the three one four three nine 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 six four six. But up next, we have what's trending. That's coming up on one one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one oh one ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Brad Thompson, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending Guys, this was a question in the gauntlet. It was about the Pop-Tart Bowl. We mm-hmm. established that Kansas State was the winner, not <laughs> Arizona. Wrong Wildcat. But did you see the mascot for the Pop-Tart Bowl, and how creeped out were you by it? <laughs> I, so I, I did. I saw him dancing on a stage of some sort, which I, I thought it was at the end of the Arizona game, which is why I clearly picked <laughs> Arizona. Uh, but I did see it. It, it was kind of weird. I don't, know, I don't know how all of these... Uh, bowl games come up with these names, and, and Pop-Tart Bowl is a, is an intriguing one. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Well, Kerry, the answer to, to that question is uh, straight cash. That's how they come up with the names of, uh, of all these bowls, and apparently Pop-Tarts is rolling in it right now. Who knew? You know what I really liked? I like the uh, uh, the awareness, and, and I'll call it facial awareness, <laughs> of the Pop-Tarts character because – the gentleman or woman inside this Pop-Tarts, and they were very manny legs, so let's hope it was, a, it was a dude. Let's be honest. It was a dude. He knew he knew where the mouth of this Pop-Tart was because he kept giving you, like, the mwah, mwah with the hands. It was pretty good, and he yeah. had some decent dance moves. He popped out of a toaster, which he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was hot. It's so weird, man. Like, did, I don't know. Did you see the the mascot go up to the referee? I didn't a see that one. Slap on the butt. Oh no! Yeah, it said, "Eat me." <laughs> How do you see out of that thing? What is going on here? I don't know. Man. Well, Brad, you 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 know you're with Fred Bird. You know how the mascot game goes. 
Yeah, look, uh, I am uh, I am very pro mascot. Now, Fred Bird is one of those anomalies where it's just a real seven foot enormous bird. Right. <laughs> and, uh, ageless wonder, really, this thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a special art to being a mascot and I, I would say it's probably a very it's either like a, a an easier gig because it's the first time and nobody was uh, ex- knows what to expect out of the Pop-Tart guy Carrie or it's a very difficult one because you're a damn Pop-Tart <laughs> what are you supposed to be doing like like what are the moves that a Pop-Tart does I don't know kisses clearly Right, that's yeah. it. Like, here, is, is, is that move. is there training for that? Like, do you have to have some type of special? Are there classes for mascots? You know, we you have the minor leagues, and we had college yeah. football. You you have to be trained to be a professional athlete. Do you have to be trained to be a professional mascot? So I don't think that you have to be. Okay, like, I don't think that help. there's anybody. that's like, hey, you're hiring a mascot. <laughs> Does he have his masters in uh, in fake throwing up or whatever? It is. Um, but. The uh, there are mascot schools like all over the country. Wow. There are different like schools that mascots can go to. Huh. Learn something new. Yep. <laughs> Guys, we talked about Russell Wilson not playing for the Broncos anymore, and appears that he will be sat. And you know, whatever you think about it, if if, if it's a a play issue, if it's the money issue. That, that's up for you to to decide. But Ryan Clark was on Get Up, and he is a former teammate mm-hmm. of yours, CD. And yep. he was not too fond of how Sean Payton, the head coach of the Broncos, has treated the situation, and this is what he had to say. Let's be honest. Sean Payton has behaved as a thug since he became the coach of the Denver Broncos. Immediately when he gets in the building, he starts to undercut Russell Wilson personally and professionally from his first press conference on. He tells Russell Wilson, you have to stop kissing babies. Stop behaving as if you're running for office. Nobody kissed more babies in New Orleans than Drew Brees. Mm. Period. Point blank. From the beginning, he walked into this building and he had a point to prove when it came to Russell Wilson. You're going to be just like everybody else. I'm going to treat you just like I treat everyone else on the team. That's not the way it works with franchise quarterbacks. Right. With a franchise quarterback, he's talked to differently. There are conversations instead of being talked at. You don't berate them on the sideline against the Detroit Lions because you don't agree with their play. We watched Sean Payton in New Orleans for a decade and a half, never treat his quarterback this way. And so now as you move through and you hear about the phone call, you hear about talking to his representatives, about starting, about restructuring or doing whatever they wanted him to do to the contract, this was just a means to an end for Sean Payton. This was going to happen at some point. We talked about it earlier about the style of coaching that you and Jamie preferred. Yep. CD and, and BT bringing you into this conversation as well. What are your guys' thoughts on how Sean Payton has handled the situation in Denver? Uh, I think it's been bad. I think it started with <clears throat> disrespecting Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach prior to him, uh, talking about how poorly of a job he had done and the mess that he had to clean up. It's it's hard to be a professional athlete. It's hard to be a, a professional coach. And so to, to disparage the coach that came in before you was, was bad enough. But what he has done, I talked about it a couple of days ago, how he was berating uh, Russell Wilson on the sideline and how he was speaking to him. You never see that from a head coach to a starting quarterback. There are different rules. They live by a different set of rules than, you know, the third string tight end or, or the starting fullback or the backup left tackle. It's just it's just how life goes. And so the way that he I, I don't disagree with anything that Ryan said. He has been Russell, you know, can be a little bit odd. I think had the two parking spots, had the two offices at the facility. You want to clear those things out. But at the end of the day, 
he is potentially a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and you never see coaches speaking to co- to quarterbacks in that manner. It's the crazy thing to me. CD is a guy that has been in the NFL as long as Sean Payton has. How does he make such a mistake? And the only thing that I can come up with is that he's really only had one other quarterback, and yeah. that was Drew Brees. Yep. And Drew Brees is probably not wired like Russell Wilson <laughs> post-Sierra. You know, so it's it seems like like if if that's all you know and you haven't had to work with other personalities really right. and that one has done it at a high level, then I guess it makes it a little bit easier. But, no, that, that is mismanaged as – as simple as it is to say, like, hey, everybody, we're all we're all the same here. No, we're not. No, no. no Albert Pools is going to be different. If he hits a ground ball to shortstop and he tries to bust ass to first base, I'm almost going to be mad at him. <laughs> you dog it. You walk there and make sure you're healthy for the rest of it. Like, And if a rookie comes up and he dogs a ground ball to shortstop, well, you're on the bench. It's a different conversation. Albert Pools. It's a totally <laughs> right. different conversation. Uh, but there is there – is, some hand-holding to be done with some stars out there. That's a totally different thing than an effort-based thing. But you got to play up the ego, and you know that it's worth it at the end of the day. Now, I don't know if Russell Wilson is worth it anymore. Like, I don't know what that game is going to look like, where he goes. He's still getting paid a lot of money. So, oh, he's yeah, getting paid a ton of regardless money. Regardless of if you it, – it's a win-win for him. Or you don't want me to play? Eh, cool. Is the check going to clear? That's all I'm worried about at this point. So, but uh, – wouldn't that tell you a little bit about Russ, though, if he doesn't have that fire? Like, like where did he, can he go anywhere? He can't be a backup. Like, he Russell probably, Wilson eh. being the story somewhere? Like, <laughs> he ain't going to do that. It's it's like uh, like Cam being the backup. Yeah. Like, that was always a story. Like, I just don't know if – I wonder if he has that in him where he could just actually fight for a gig again. Forget the money. Right. Like, the passion of – Going to your former Steelers mm-hmm. and fighting Competing. it out with Kenny Pickett for a job. Well, you know what? That that doesn't sound too bad there, BT. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, hey, think about, I have to ponder on that one for a little yeah, while. Yeah, sit on it for a minute. <laughs> Mr. 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 Limited. <laughs> He's very limited. One guy that is not limited. We talked about him at the beginning of the show. BT, I definitely want your thoughts on old man Joe Flacco. Oh, you mean the Hall of Famer? Oh my goodness! I was driving. This. I was driving around earlier, and I heard you guys going at it back and forth. I loved it. I loved what it. What are we doing uh, here? So, it, it, this does it speak more to what Joe Flacco is able to do, or more to what Deshaun Watson can't do? That's the question That's I a very have good for you, question. Carrie. That's a very – well, I won't say that Deshaun Watson wasn't able to. They were winning games. They were still – even though he wasn't performing to the level that I think we were expecting him to that he did in Houston. He he was one of the top five quarterbacks before the entire uh, suspension and dismissal from the team and all of those things took place. I just don't think and, – and my point about Joe Flacco was I think he's doing a really good job with what he has. I would give more credit to Kevin Stefanski than anyone because he's the fourth quarterback this season and they are 11 wins now and, and headed yeah. to the playoffs. That speaks volumes to what that coach has been able to do with all of the injuries. Nick Chubb going down. Amari Cooper didn't play. Uh, you got injuries left and right. You got multiple offensive linemen out. He has done a fantastic job of helping that team find ways to win. And I think it's more on Stefanski than it is Joe Flacco. I don't consider Joe Flacco just a guy, but I don't consider him a future Hall of Famer either. 
you know he's going to be in that conversation, though. Yeah. Like that, it, 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 it will, it will yeah. end up happening. I, I know this. If I'm a team that is uh, needing a quarterback next year, he is definitely getting a phone call from me. The Browns can't cut, as we all know. They can't cut uh, Deshaun Watson. He's right. got all the money. It's all guaranteed. He's going to be good to go. But they do have a real decision to make. Because, Kerry, uh, you know this, man. What, what if that entire room is going to Stefanski and say, man, We'll we'll fight for that guy. We'll yeah. fight for Joe Flacco. Then what do you do? Nah, it doesn't matter. Because uh, there's, a, there's a check that comes in every Tuesday that says the check the, can come in either way. <laughs> hey, listen. And That's a lot of money is, for a backup. There you go. <laughs> he He's going to play regardless of what the team. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I'm paying him to do this. He's not going to sit on the bench and hold a clipboard. going to be playing out there. He's going to be Jonathan Moxon next year. <laughs> the beginning of <laughs> Varsity Blues. <laughs> That's BT. I'm Gary. Coming up next, we have the Sports Six Pack. Make sure you get your texts in 314 399 9646. We will be digging into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. Welcome back to the fast lane. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brad Thompson and Andrew Marsh, and it's time for the sports six pack. Marshy, question number one, please. Question number one. All right, this one comes from the 217. The Winter Classic is on Monday, and it is being played in an open-air retractable home that is T-Mobile Field in Seattle. First off, what are your thoughts on that, and where would you like to see an outdoor hockey game? And Lambeau Field is too easy. Hmm. Well, I, I prefer it to be out outdoors, outdoors. I think that that experience, especially if like the snow is falling while they're playing, it may not be great for the players, but it's it looks great to me. I'm not out there. I hate skating around, so it looks awesome. I like it outdoors. Uh, BT, how about you? Well, for the the uh, best venue outside for a hockey game? Yeah. Where, where would you say? Oh man! Hey, did you did you go to the Winter Classic in uh, in St. Louis? I did. So not. again, it go, goes back to uh, hating cold weather. I hate <laughs> cold weather, uh, but I it was so much fun. It was such like a, a great scene mm-hmm. there at Bush Stadium to be a part of it. I think they've done it in like most of the big league stadiums. I believe Yankee Stadium has done it. They did it at Fenway. I thought that that was really cool too. I Have can't they done even think of they have they've done it at wrigley and soldier the winter classic was not at soldier field but they did a stadium series game there okay yeah i I, I don't know where the best most of the most of the spots pretty much where would you want to see one marshy um man i mean lambo field i I hate that the the texture says i can't use that one (laughs) um honestly i wish that the the one this year was at uh well i guess it's not qualcomm stadium anymore whatever the, whatever it's called in seattle where the seahawks play i wish it was there but i understand why they can't do that because they're still playing football games mm. man i don't know uh the big house would be sick that would be nice i'd like the big yeah, house and cool. oh actually i think they already played at the big house they did they did do that and uh detroit played toronto the horseshoe in uh ohio. In, in ohio, ohio would be State. awesome yeah i think that would probably be my pick huh, very nice Question number two. From the 314, what kind of dip should I bring to the Mizzou watch party tonight? 
I mean, is, is the onion dip, is is that always the go-to? Is that okay? Do we? I, I do prefer, it depends on your, your, your preference. Guacamole is also uh, an outstanding choice if you consider that a dip. But, uh, yeah, onion dip, guacamole, whatever. Onion dip is a classic yeah. CD. You can't go wrong with that. Nah, you could it, use it for chips, which I would go that way uh, or <laughs> veggies if you want to if you want to try yes. right play for the tie a little bit i'm a big fan of the buffalo chicken dip ah, i like i like ooh. that one it's a nice um, one i had recently somebody brought it was like a philly cheesesteak dip it was like oh, ridiculous really? I mean, bt that sounds outstanding I, i'm learning as i get older my body <laughs> doesn't do well with things that i it's just not great so no it, no, no, no it's hard it, it, it's good when i get it it's not good later. It's really bad yeah. for me. Yeah, the guac, like guac is one of my favorite things. Yeah. If you go to a place, give me some table side guac. They chop it up, make it a little spicy for you. I love that. Ask Polo. Have you had Polo's uh, guac? No. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him. He, he brought oh. in some guac. I see Polo like every day. He never it brought me any guac. Outstanding. He does it really well. Make really? sure. Yeah, buddy. Did he? So I had a teammate once, and I won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> but this teammate would bring in, and he'd bring it in like a huge Tupperware, his family's famous salsa, okay? <laughs> and this, <laughs> Carrie, this stuff was incredible. Yeah. It was so good. And it was like, you know, the, the really thin, really mm. well diced up, great. Come to find out a few years later, he got married and his wife told my wife uh-huh. that the family recipe is like paste picante <laughs> and then they, they throw in their own cilantro <laughs> and then blend it up. <laughs> I felt I felt so cheated. <laughs> felt lied to. Yes, yeah. where I was just like, you know, uh, you know, pick out a name, any name, where I was like, oh man, the uh, Reyes, we'll call it, family <laughs> recipe is, is paste picante sauce with cilantro what oh unbelievable unfortunate do you guys like crab dip i do i like uh, really anything look look at me i'm not turning down (laughs) many meals in life i I enjoy it all just doesn't sit well with me later on i feel you see i'm not a seafood guy at all i don't i don't do any of the yeah nothing you're missing out you you are allergies that's what i know just it's to the way it tastes just to the that's way it tastes choice? is my allergy. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a terrible yeah. choice. We went, to, we went to dinner last <laughs> night. We had a, a family dinner. It was my nephew's birthday. And uh, they brought out this fancy appetizer of uh, mussels. And everybody was trying. I'm like, Mm-mm. they're passing it my way. My son is 10 years old. He's like, I'll try it. And he ate like four of them. He's like, these are really good. Dad, you should try it. I go, nah, dude, you're braver than me. I'm not. And everybody said they were awesome. Just It's just not me. Not your thing. Yeah, baby. Question number three. From the 314, what's one of the most aggravating things you do with watching sports that you are trying to give up in 2024? Shoot the puck! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's needed, Carrie. This team sucks on the power play. It's us yelling is what gets them to do it, though, clearly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they they yeah. need some help. Yeah, that- um, you know what? I want to co- uh, I want to quit complaining about the umpires. You know what? No, there go- there no. there are going to be bad days, yeah, you okay. know. All right. And it's just it isn't me complaining isn't going to make Angel <laughs> Hernandez better. It's not going to make CB Buckner not look confused. Yeah. You know, it's just like 
what is it? So let let just let it go, right? Well, a horrible call by CB. Next uh, next pitch, like just just let it go because them, it's not worth it. Some of them you can let go, and some of them are so egregious. It's like, man, how did you miss that? It's almost yeah. it almost feels intentional sometimes when referees or umpires <laughs> are like, what is going on here? What are you doing? Well, Fortunately, we have like the replay for some of the egregious ones on the bases and yeah. stuff like that, where it's just like safe. What do you mean safe? Because I said so. That's why safe. Uh, but we don't obviously have that for uh, balls and strikes. I've talked to a few different umpires about it, and they are all in for at least the ones that I've talked to. Say, go ahead, yeah, go, do the automated strike zone. And we'll stand back here, and we'll just uh, be here for safe out calls. <laughs> and, you know, go ahead. Do you, are, does because it, does the it technology you, really is unfair. Does it frustrate you that you can't argue balls and strikes? Because I, I know you, and I know you have blackout rage. And I know yeah. you have thrown a pitch that you know was right down the middle, and it was called a ball. And maybe it walked the guy. And maybe that guy came around and scored later on. And maybe you were so irate about that call that it just stuck with you. How, how do you feel about not being able to call to, to argue balls and strikes? So that is one of my favorite things. Uh, and I, I am not just for the record. I am not for the automated strike zone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I like the human element, except for the scenario you just laid out, Gary. We're, we're, and it's up biting you yeah. a little bit. But one of the things that I do like about how they have it set up in this one is that the the uh, pitcher can challenge a pitch. Okay. Where it's like he could touch the top of his hat if he wants to challenge it. And I, I forget how many challenges you get. I don't know if it's one an inning or one a game, whatever it is. But you can challenge it if you believe that it was a strike. And I believe the hitter can challenge one as well. Okay. I like that. And as an umpire, you're not going to be offended by that. Like, hey, either I got it right or I got it wrong. You know those borderline calls. You don't. You can't take all day to analyze some of these right. things. So uh, I wouldn't mind a, a quick challenge system like that. Maybe that could be the first step, Kerry. Instead of like going full bore <laughs> with all the tech, yeah. like let's have all the tech in the background and then challenge some calls here and there. Yeah. Like a quick, like, mm, I don't know, this inning ending pitch right here i might want to take a look at i'd be in favor of that i agree question number four from the 314 what rule in the nfl needs a revision the most right now the fumbling out of the end zone no roughing the passer man oh yeah look don't touch the babies i i get i i don't i didn't even play defense i played offense and it 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 drives me it is so soft and I understand you have to protect the the quarterbacks I understand but it, it's to a point now where it's it's unfair for defensive players because there was a situation Russell Wilson a couple of weeks ago he slid he slid late he got hit it's not the defender's fault I already committed to an act he slid late Patrick Mahomes was running and chose not to run out of bounds right away and he got hit while he was still in bounds both of those plays resulted in penalties it is unfair for the for the defensive players that that's what we do man that they hit people you telling me a guy that has to chase around guys in practice all week long with red jerseys on and can't even breathe near them without being cussed at by the offensive coordinator when it comes sunday and this guy doesn't have a red jersey on he doesn't want to kill him and now you're telling me that even if i hit him slightly harder than you expect or than you deem necessary i get penalized and potentially fined and potentially suspended it's unfair and it's unfortunate and that is the thing 
I love it. Kill them all. Let the paramedics yes. show them out. That was from the program, <laughs> and I think I think that that'll get you. You want to be able to get rid of the ball quick. You want to be a fast, efficient quarterback. <laughs> let them kill you. Like I guarantee you, you will get rid of the ball quickly, yes. or you will be very fleet afoot. You'll get down sooner. Be better. Question number five from the three one four. This texter thinks that some. Holidays are overrated. Perhaps New Year's Eve is overrated. Which Ooh. holiday do you think is the most overrated? Valentine's Day. <laughs> we'll it see. is. I agree. Like, I mean, I agree. come on. It, it doesn't, that can't be. If, if that's your one day of the year where you just show that you're in love, you're doing that wrong too. <laughs> and everything costs more. Roses are like five times the prices. You can't get a reservation to go anywhere. You feel like you have to buy stuff. Like that is a made up Hallmark holiday yep. right there that we just keep going for all the time. I, I That is a great choice. I, I, I'm going to go with you on that one. I, I agree. Valentine's Day is uh, a. <laughs> It's kind of iffy. It's Be a care- money hey, grab, well, listen, Perry. For, for us older veteran players, you know, guys, Marshy, this doesn't pertain to you. You do what you need to do on Valentine's Day. It's your favorite, <laughs> Marshy. <laughs> oh, geez. Question number six. All right, last one here. Speaking of Valentine's Day and maybe taking your significant other places, we got a question from the 618. I need a good St. Louis steakhouse for my wife's birthday any suggestions? Dude, we just went last night. I told you we went to dinner. Uh, Twisted Tree. If you haven't been to Twisted Tree it. yet, yeah. dude, it is fantastic. And it's a good spot no matter what. Like you're, And this is not a commercial. Uh, <laughs> but it's like it, whether you got the whole family, we had a, like a whole family thing or it's a date night. It's a great, uh, great spot. Unbelievable food. Can't go wrong. I'm with you there. All right. BT said it best. Twisted Tree. I got to try it out. I, I heard good things about it. I want to see how good date it is. date night, me and you, Carrie. Let's, let's go. do it. <laughs> That's got a good bourbon selection, too. <laughs> I'm all in. Now you're speaking my language. Let's go. You tell me when. I'm there. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> Thank you, Marshy. That was Brad Thompson. I'm Carrie Davis. Coming up next, the football playoffs begin this weekend. You got Alabama versus Michigan, Texas versus Washington. What can we expect from these games and these teams? We'll talk about it on the other side on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Lane and the college football playoffs begin this weekend. You got number four, Alabama taking on number one, Michigan, and number three, Texas taking on the number two, Washington Huskies. BT, this is, uh, these are some really good matchups. I'm, I'm still bothered that Florida State is not the number four team and Alabama is, but I do like the matchups and I do think these are going to be some really good games. I have Michigan because I love what Michigan has done all season long. Alabama has kind of been I don't want to say struggling, but they aren't the Alabama that I am accustomed to watching uh, in past years. And they, they're obviously a, a top four team in the country playing in the playoffs. But I think Michigan is the better team in that game. But the number three, Texas versus number two, Washington, I think that that is going to be an outstanding game for the playoffs to watch. And I'm just I'm just going to sit back and watch that one because I think it's going to be a great matchup between two great teams. 
So first of all, I want I want to know how do you uh, how do you watch these games, Kerry? Because I know I mean you're a, a football fan. You played it your entire life. Do you have to watch big games like on a solo mission where you're really breaking them down, or are you more of a hey, let's have people over and watch the game? I hate watching games with people. I know it sounds <laughs> weird and rude, but I I just want to. You know, it be all the way in, in immersed in what's going on and seeing how well these teams are playing and the adjustments that are being made. And when you have a group of people around, they ask questions. They want to know why they did this. Well, why did this player fumble the ball? I don't know. He shouldn't have done it. He, he should have held on to it. It's not what he was caught, coached to do. He just did it. <laughs> and so I like to watch it solo because there. I mean that that Alabama Michigan game. I I think Michigan should win, but there are going to be some some chess match types of things that are going on. Nick Saban does a great job of preparing his team. They are Nick Saban is probably the best coach at preparation for his team and understanding what they're going to be faced uh with and and what challenges are going to be presented for them. I think that's going to be a great team to a great game to watch, but Michigan has been just steady all season long. So, you know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an awesome game, and I, I lean with you on this one with Michigan, but I am interested in, in your take in Jim Harbaugh, multiple uh, parts. One, as a tactician, right, with mm -hmm. the preparation that he's had, all he's done is win everywhere he yep. goes also. You have both these great minds a couple of weeks, so like, how do you think that that's going to play out between the two of them? And then whenever this does end for Michigan, whether it, it ends here or it ends as a champion or ends in the championship game, is that it for Harbaugh at Michigan, in your opinion? That's a tough question. I don't necessarily see him leaving. I mean, I know there are some teams we, we talked about possibly the Chicago Bears come calling and, and knocking. As you said, BT, he has done a great job at both levels, at, at the NFL level where he took a team to the Super Bowl and here uh, at the collegiate level where he's been in these college football playoffs, you know, in back-to-back -back years, not able to win a championship on either level yet, but still grinding away and getting those young men to play at a high level. I don't think he leaves Michigan, though. I think, you know, he's a Michigan man. He played at Michigan. Uh, he played for the Bears as well. But I think that there is something about that, especially if they win or if they don't win. If you don't win, you want to get back to that level with the opportunity to win. And if you do win, beating in Alabama and then either a Texas or Washington, you want to show people that you can continue to do it and, and be the, 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 on the same level or thought of at the same level as a Nick Saban. Yeah, I, I like that. And on, on the flip side, Carrie, I don't know if you know this, but a couple of years ago during COVID, I adopted a football team in okay. college. Didn't have one, and it wasn't going to be UNLV at the time, although they put together quite the season <laughs> uh, this year. Good for them. Yep. Uh, but I I adopted Texas, okay? Here's okay. what I wanted out of this. I, I wanted I wanted a name brand. That was a, but good, I also that was a wanted, tough decision back then as well. At the time, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, like, I wanted something with brand uh, like loyalty mm -hmm. there where people are behind it. But I also didn't want it to be like Alabama where they're always winning all the <laughs> right. time. I felt like there had to be something. I had ties in the house because my wife went to grad school at Texas. So okay. uh, I said, all right, that's what it is. So I've got like Texas gear. So now I'm all in. I'm hook em horns, okay? <laughs> so this is this is the year. I'm, I'm leaning on them, uh, Sarkeesian, to get it done against a school that he – Helped out quite a bit with the Huskies. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this game is going to be awesome. I, I agree. I think you have two of the best quarterbacks. Quinn Ewers for Texas has done an outstanding job. Michael Penix Jr. 
if you haven't watched him, if you don't know his story, all of the injuries that he's had to overcome, and just uh, it seems like a great young man. And and was at the point at one point of considering retiring from football at the collegiate level. Like he just didn't think his body was going to be able to hold up multiple ACL injuries and. Just a kid, that young man that just has grinded his way to the position that he is in. And and really, you know, to beat that Oregon team twice in the manner in which they did, which no one, they were 10-point underdogs going into that Oregon game, and they won uh, for the second time. I think that this matchup is just between those two guys and, and really the amount of talent that's going to be on the field is going to be an outstanding game to see those two perform. It is going to be good, Harry. Can I ask you about a game that is not one of those uh, one of those, yeah. those two big games that everybody is thinking about? Where are you at on the five six game? Because I can't decide to call the uh, the Georgia Florida State the apathy game or the prove who we really are game for those two teams. Like how how do you, how do you get the team ready for that? Especially Florida State. Yeah. Like you you run the table. Yep. And then it's it's just pulled out from under you what do you think that game is going to look like I think that you won't get the best version of both of those teams I mean because those teams are playing for national championships so when you are sitting on the outside looking in at five and six and and again you said if Florida State being the five being undefeated and being the five seed is it has to be it had to have been heartbreaking because of all of the work that they put in you lose your quarterback Jordan Travis for the year and Everyone just assumes now you're a terrible team, and they continue to win, and they did win. They won the ACC championship game, and now they're on the outside looking in. They were a good team. They are a good team, but I don't think you'll get the best version. Now, you'll get to see some guys that will be future stars, future NFL players, but I don't think you're going to get the 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 matchup had this been a 2-3 game in the college football playoff. So, Kerry, look, I'm not checking any boxes here. I, I haven't dug into this matchup at all here between Georgia and Florida State because a lot like maybe some of their players, I don't care about it anymore. <laughs> uh, due, due the fact that it's on the outside. Uh, and I don't know, like, who's sitting out this bowl game yeah. or, or whatever. I just do know that Florida State, you can make a great case that they got screwed royally in this one. Whether Definitely. you believe Alabama's more talented, you can make the case. And then I'm looking at a line here where Georgia is a 20-point favorite against Florida State. That feels like a little bit too much for a team that I would hope would have a tiny bit of an edge to them. And, Kerry, I'm certainly not asking you all these questions for a betting angle, but do you have one? I don't know that I would do uh, 20 points in that Florida State game. Florida State still, they play defense at an elite level. They play really well on the defensive side. Um, and I know that the, the the quarterback issue was their main reason for keeping Florida State out. But that de- And that's the reason why it bothered me so much because – there are still other young men on that roster that have been there all season long that are also a part of a team that went 13-0. and And you're basically saying they only made it because of the quarterback. That's not yeah. how football works. That's not how sports work. You talked about it earlier, uh, Cardale Jones. The third-string quarterback took Ohio State to a national championship after JT Barrett went down. Uh, and and, and um, I can't even remember the other one's name. But they, they lost two quarterbacks prior to him. And now they're on the third quarterback, yeah. and they were able to win the championship. You didn't get Florida State that opportunity, and I think it's unfortunate. I do not think that Georgia beats them by 20 points. So I, if, you know, if you were just driving around on the Illinois side and decided to make a pit stop and wanted to place a bet, I, I personally wouldn't do it. Carrie, I'm sitting here right now. 
<laughs> on the Illinois side. Also got a Mizzou team that is a five-and-a-half-point dog right now that I'm kind of liking one. the look of things. Yeah, with, with that. So that's interesting. How how excited are you, Kerry, for next year when we get to this oh, point man. with a 12-team format? I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, you look at, like, FCS has been doing playoffs uh, for a while, and that, that you get a you get a better feel for who the best teams are when you have more teams able to compete because you just don't know. I think, you know, people look at, oh, TCU shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They got beat the heck out of by, by Georgia last year. TCU beat Michigan. That's why they made it to the championship game because you got to play the game. Now, they didn't show up well against Georgia, but who's to say Michigan would have beaten that Georgia team? You don't know. Yeah. They won the game that got them there. And so for this for this to be expanded upon and have more teams available to present themselves in those championship opportunities, I'm all for it. I, I wish it would have happened years ago. I think the 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 college football playoff committee and all of these people are starting to get it right and understand. The best thing about sports, BT, is March Madness, right? You get to see a team that no one expected to make their way through, and you'll get a little glimpse of that next season with uh, with the college football playoff expansion. I was just thinking about this, Kerry. Do you think that the Blue Bloods like it? Do you think, like, Alabama and Georgia or, you know, whoever else you want to throw in that conversation with them, do you think that though Michigan, do you think that they like it or do I, they like the fact that they got to win two games to get in? I don't think they care. I, I think when you are – if you are that good, if you are the, the, the best team in the country, then it, it shouldn't be a, a, a concern for you. Now, obviously, when you're playing football, the concern always is injuries. How many guys – could get hurt as you continue on throughout the playoffs, but that's the same thing in the NFL. If a guy goes down, you know, it, it's hard to to make up for some of those injuries, but at the end of the day, the best team now, I believe, will be playing and will be winning because Florida State being out just feels bad. It feels dirty to me, and it feels unfortunate for those young men. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. By the way, we get a quick text to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Kerry said, now you're just going to have the debate on the 13th ranked yeah. team being left out. I don't think so. I don't worry I don't about think, it. Yeah, I don't think if, so. If Iowa is sitting there at 13 and they scored 12 points all season, but they played great defense, I don't, I don't care. Nobody's yeah, going to worry about that. Sorry about it. <laughs> That's Brad Thompson. I'm Kerry Davis. Coming up next, we have – earlier we had the resolution and reservations. Now we'll have the 2024 sports resolutions. Get your text and Tell us what you want to see happen in 2024, and we'll discuss it when we return on the Fast Lane. That's on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Fast Lane. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brad Thompson and Andrew Marsh, and we have our 2024 sports resolutions. And BT, you know, I was thinking about this for for a little bit, and I I kind of like the Atlanta Braves, right? They they had okay. a really good season last year. They they won 104 games. Um, they won their division. They they were pretty outstanding. But I, I'm looking at this this Braves roster, and I, I noticed something. Interesting, peculiar, you might say. So, Some Matt, talent. Yeah, well, that 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 helps. A lot of talent. That, that, that helps. But th- there's a guy, Matt Olson. He played 162 games. He played 162 at first base. 
Then there, there's a guy, Ronald Acuna. He, he's, he was really good last year, wasn't he? He was outstanding. How good was he? <laughs> he was pretty damn good. Played 159 games. He played 157 in right field. Uh, Austin Riley, 159 games, 159 at third base. You, are you noticing a the theme here? I am. So, it is. Uh, it, con- it, 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 tell us the, exactly what do you think it, it is. Consistency. consistency. Playing the, going to the ballpark and knowing exactly what you're going to do because you were hired to do that job. So for 2024, my New Year's resolution, sports resolution, is getting some of that from the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh. Okay, so – couple of things about this carry i see as you're saying that it's kind of pointed as if they don't uh, allow the opportunity for consistency am i reading that right i think so yeah because the way that i look at this is you have an opportunity to go do a job yeah if you don't do the job at a high level or if you can't stay out on the field because you're injured somebody else is going to get that opportunity yes. right yes. so take advantage in 2024 of what is in front of you there's going to be yes. a lot in front of a guy like we mentioned earlier some young players who mm-hmm. i believe are going to be pivotal lars newbar is going to get a chance to play every single day can he play every single day 170 games for Newt a year ago. The young Jordan Walker is going to get that chance to play every day. I would believe that right now if your roster is the way that it is, Mm -hmm. Tommy Edmonds is going to be playing center field for you more often than not. I I think that no manager, any manager in baseball would love to run the same lineup out there all the time. The unfortunate part is through either injury or ineffectiveness, which yeah. the 2023 Cardinals had a lot of both of those things, <laughs> it's almost impossible to do so. So I love the way that you're thinking, but the players that you threw out there that are playing, all, those are all-stars, right, that are, that are answering <laughs> they, the bell. They're pretty good. Yeah, well, and that is generally, right, those are generally the kind of uh, numbers, especially as far as, like, availability. Yes. That's usually Goldie. That's usually Arenado, Mm -hmm. who missed time at the end of the year, and I promise you was far more banged up throughout the season than others that probably spent time on the IL. So uh, that, that is health is a very big part of this. And I don't know if you could wish health or if health can be a resolution, but boy, I'd love to be able to give the Cardinals some of that. (laughs) Guys, I would love for the Blues to just capitalize on the power play a little bit more. Just a little bit. That's a a good idea. I mean, my goodness. It, it, it has been just bothering me watching them play that five-on-three the other night. Now, granted, they won the game, and I'm glad they did, but that five-on-three gave me headaches. And I don't like headaches, CD. <laughs> Nobody does. Shoot the puck. Yeah, it's happen. not that hard when what? we're watching at home and have no idea <laughs> what we're talking about. Hey, are they out of the basement at least, Marshy, or are they still last in, in hockey when it comes to the power play? Do you know off Second the top to last, head? I believe. Yeah, Second to I last. think That's Washington's last. been terrible. It's not last. That ain't last. Yeah, so they got last. that going for them. Now, hey, I got a random. Oh, go oh, ahead, Marshy. No, no, no. You go, Brad. All right. This is a random one. Because I am still like a baseball purist. I don't, I don't think baseball needed all the messing around with it, although the game was slowing down, they sped it up, whatever. That's okay, even though we can't uh, be on our high horse anymore and say baseball is the only game without a clock. It's got a clock now. <laughs> um, but if you are going to continue to mess with the game, mm-hmm. let's figure out a way to incentivize winning baseball. Okay? Let's figure out a way to pay players based on – getting a guy over 
Yeah. Sack bunts, sack flies, winning baseball. Like, how do we incentivize that? Because we know right now athletes get paid for eye stuff, right? right? And it's ISO, it's power, it's home runs, it's doubles, it's nobody cares about strikeouts. I would like to be able to pony up a little bit of cash, and when I say pony it up, hell, not me, but somebody else. <laughs> some some cash for the guy that, like, shortens up his swing with two strikes and puts the ball in play and makes makes the defense do the work. Like, little stuff. The, the small detail things that, that matter. Moving a run over with, with less matters. than two outs. That, those yes. things. Instead that of matters a lot. Trying to hit a a home run and yes. popping out. Yeah. I love me a good sack fly. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> those are good teammates. Uh, you should incentivize those things and 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 allow players to not be punished when it comes to arbitration because you didn't have enough yes. hits. Yeah. But you got I want to see the guy sacrifices. I know. I want to see the guy carry <laughs> that hits that ground ball to the right side and gets the runner over. He's out at first, and instead of him, like, slamming his helmet in disgust, he's like, high five, boom, yeah. boom, got him over. Like, so, just like play teams do in the playoffs, where it's like, boom, got him over. We're, we're, like, going to win this game. If you can have that mindset, you can obviously get paid off of that. That would be an entertaining brand of baseball to watch through 162. It would be, and you would probably win more games than you lose. Oh, for sure. And yeah. by the way, if I, I really do believe this. If players just approached it that way of like, hey, what is winning baseball right yeah. here in this situation? Because a lot of times, most of your at-bats, carry are still going to be, hey, it's going to help our team if I had a double or a home run. Yeah. Like that is going to – that's still going to be the mindset. Right. I really think that if you had that selfless attitude going into every at-bat or every pitch that you're throwing, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to put up your offensive numbers and your numbers as a pitcher. They could look even better than they look when you're thinking about the counting stats. So we were talking about umpires not too long ago. I think one of my resolutions, and this will never happen, but I want to see the umpires or just referees in general, it doesn't matter what sport, do post-game press conferences. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, it, uh, it, well, even if they haven't made a bad call. <laughs> just make them available at yeah. least. Just it, get that's, that's the big one. It's like, hey, we need you. Yeah. To, to answer the, que- the, the, the reason for this call here. Yeah, hey, shockingly, Angel, you're on a streak every game. <laughs> we are going to need to talk to you about a little something here. It's not uh, you. It's just uh, it's you. It's, just the, it's, it's you, you at this point. Exactly. <laughs> no, that that is that is a big one. And another one, too, by the way, I would like, since we're doing all of these replay reviews, one of two things, right? Either be able to have like the NFL has where we have somebody that maybe it's in New York, right? Chip and I or Chip and Jimmy are doing the broadcast and say, hey, let's go check in with so-and-so in New York. York, who yeah. is in there. What exactly are they looking at so we can break down for the fans at home? That would be nice. That or the umpires also on the field saying, hey, this is exactly what we're looking at yeah. and this is exactly what we found. Like, yep. I think we have time for an extra 20 seconds of some sort of a breakdown of it instead of everybody sitting there, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, I, I think that would be good for the game. Also, one more for me. I wish the NHL would go back to wearing white jerseys at home. I think that would be really cool to, to see. Yeah, I mean, to see the, the dark-colored jerseys of from other opposing teams, teams yes. when they're on the road or when they're visiting your home team. That Absolutely. Would be, yeah, that would be nice. Do you know why the NFL is the opposite? And I know recently they've been they've been kind of switching it up. It doesn't matter. Like the Thursday Cowboys, night game. Yeah, yeah Cowboys, they, Thursday, they always wear they, white. They get whatever they want. But I don't know why it was always 
uh, home team wears the dark colored jerseys. Mm-hmm. It's just always been that way in football, as far as I've as far back as I can remember. I've never known it to be any other way. I don't I don't know why they do that. They're intriguing. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's Brad Thompson. I'm Kerry Davis. That's Andrew Marsh. Coming up next, we have our fade or follow. We'll tell you a little bit what 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 you missed throughout the entire show. That's next on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade. I'll fade. Money, 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 money. It's the Fast Lane. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brad Thompson and Andrew Marsh, and it is time for Fade or Follow. BT, you got a play for us for Fade or Follow? Oh, oh I've got a Wait, play got? for us. We're going to find out which way that our uh, our contestant this week is leaning. Marshy, who do we got this week? This week we have Rob. So Connor was our last contestant. We had the Ravens covering five and a half against the 49ers, and oh, we know yeah. we know how that one went. Hell so well the now we have Rob here in the Fast Lane. <laughs> Rob, what's going on, man? How we doing? I'm doing very good. And yourselves? Doing, uh, doing great. great, man. We're having some fun uh, here on a Friday before uh, before New Year. So we got a play for you. The play is tonight, and it is the Mizzou-Ohio State game. Missouri right now, they were a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Now, that line has changed a little bit. They are a four-and-a-half-point dog. Kerry, I think with Mizzou, zero opt-outs for this game. Eli Drinkwitz's team, they say they're all in. Said this brotherhood wants one more opportunity to go at it. Mm -hmm. Ohio State is on, uh, you've got a red shirt freshman quarterback in, in Devin Brown. They just had Marvin Harrison Jr. He opted out amid rumors in the NFL draft uh, that, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt because put baby in a wrapper. Um, (laughs) I, we're going Mizzou here. Mizzou plus four and a half. They don't I'm even have you. to win. I'm with you. What What do you think, I'm gonna Rob? Take it. I, all I'm right. going to take it. I'm all on the Mizzou bandwagon with uh, with the Ohio State University having a bunch of um, bunch of opt outs. Just, you just got to do it. Rob M I Z Z O U nailed it. All right, that's it. That is it. Best of luck, Rob. Thank you, thank you. You guys have a happy new year, and we'll talk to you uh, next week, I assume. Same, Same to you. you. Same to you. Absolutely, we're talking next week. He's going to chance to <laughs> rob FanDuel of their money for a, a long time. Indeed. That was uh, – we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think Mizzou has the best opportunity to definitely cover and should win that game outright. Shouldn't be any issues, especially with all the Ohio State players opting out. So, yeah. Hey, if you're – and I get it, right? If you get hurt, that messes up your draft value. Yeah. But don't – I. And I don't know. I was never talented enough uh, to have to worry about anything <laughs> like either. making money. But I would feel like I would, as a competitor, look at that. It's like I got a chance to boost my draft st- yeah. stock here. Like everybody's going to be watching. If I'm going top ten, forget that. I'm going to go top five because of what I do in this game. I-, I think with Marvin Harrison Jr., it doesn't matter. He's a top two, top three pick regardless. I don't know that you can get. Then go number one overall. Well, Everybody says be... take a quarterback. <laughs> I'm going with the wide receiver. Uh, I think the Bears are in mu- much more in need of uh, some uh, quarterback play if they decide to go that route. If they keep Justin Fields, maybe they, they draft Marvin Harrison Jr. But they are they got some other needs, some other necessities other than a wide receiver at the first overall pick. Should they get it? 
That's a fact. So what you missed today, we had uh, Jamie and I, we talked about some coaching styles and our preference of coaches. BTA, I wish you were here for that because coaching styles. I like to be coached hard. Yeah, yeah. I I, I prefer being yelled at as opposed to a pat on the behind. It doesn't do the same. The the, the fire behind being yelled at gets gets you going in the right direction. That's correct, we at talk- least for me. <laughs> we talked about that. We talked about which Cardinal, young Cardinal, has the most approved for 2024. BT had a few guys I did as well. We had our sports six-pack. We had our resolutions and reservations. Where are we going to be reserving for 2024? Or what resolutions we may have? And then are we impressed with the play of Joe Flacco for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, they are in a playoff spot now. But uh, do we think that they are going to make a run in the playoffs, I don't think so. I don't believe and it. And somebody thinks that he might be a Hall of Famer, and, and it might be Kerry. Me. Nah, it ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me that thinks that at all. <laughs> we got our compliments, criticism. B, uh, Marshy, what you got? All right, let's start off with the 618. BT, it is great hearing you back in the studio. CD, I miss you in the morning, but you are great. You are a great addition to the fast lane. You are killing it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We love having BT on. BT is a, a gamer. You, uh... We love you, man. You 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 are hey. an awesome. You're you're dealing with a, a hurt leg over there. You you kind of waddled to the restroom a couple of days ago when I was watching you because your knee is a little banged up. But you you you'll play through an injury. I, I well, don't have yeah. any concern about that at all. Carrie, I spent my whole career acting like I wasn't hurt. But you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Of course I'm good. Uh, no, I, I always have fun joining you guys. It's a blast, and I, I am really looking forward to the new year because I know that you three in the afternoons are going to be a fantastic listen. So much personality, so much knowledge. Uh, couldn't have made a better decision uh, in the afternoon. I no, appreciate it. it, brother. We got one from Thanks Dad. He said, thank you guys and your colleagues for providing us with entertainment from the insightful takes to the fluid up joke. Folks, hear you next year. <laughs> we uh, we try to keep it light, keep you informed, but keep it light and have. And I think it's like a uh, like a locker room, like a clubhouse. We uh, well, maybe not that. Maybe Minus not that. the language. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, almost like that. Almost. Uh, if I, I, I Carrie, I, I know that it's important to you because you, you just got a great personality. You like to laugh. I love laughing. Yes. I love being entertained. I love being happy. So. If uh, if we can bring that to people, and I know that you guys on a daily basis will bring that to people and then inform them with everything that they need, that is the perfect combination. I don't like to listen to doom and gloom all the time. No. Now, some people feed off of that, yeah. man. Some people like that. It's like, yeah, I hate that person too. <laughs> no, man. Like, that's just that's not the vibe that I like to uh, like to give off. I like to have some fun. Indeed. We have one from uh, from the 314. Happy New Year's weekend, guys, with a, a two beer emojis clanking yes, one another. Indeed. Well, you, you're at home. I, I'm about to get on the road, so I won't be having a beer. But yeah, I, You're headed to the Liberty Bowl, right? I am right? headed to the Liberty Bowl down in Nashville. One of my former players, uh, Kyle, Young, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Long, is a starting left guard for Maryland, so we're going to go watch him play against the Auburn Tigers. Tomorrow. Okay. So be fun. Right yeah. on, man. Enjoy the trip. That's going to be a lot of fun. And congratulations looking to your guy, to Kyle Young. That yeah. is cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Kyle is a, is a great kid. We have one from Gatorbait in the Snake Pit. Hey, fellas, want to thank you for an incredible listen each afternoon this year. Such a great show with incredible guest, host, and content. I'm looking forward to 2024. Let's go, STL. Fast Lane, Blanken Rocks. Let's go, Mizzou, tonight. 
Yes. Shout out to the Snake Pit. They're very active over there, aren't they, Marshy? We do like them. They have their own Discord <laughs> channel now. They they like to talk to each mean? other. So Discord is like a uh, it's an app that you can so old. You can just talk to each other. I, I, maybe it's like WhatsApp. I don't really know how to explain it that well, but basically the Snake Pit is talking to one another outside of the YouTube chat. They're that involved. I like it. I like it. Last one here from the 314. My New Year's resolution is to politely ask Brad Thompson for a pair of green seats to a game in April, May, or September. Hey. Hey, you know what? Feel free to ask. Anytime. (laughs) You can ask whenever you want. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So you got to at least ask to see if they are available for you. This will be my daily reminder that I really don't have green seats. Uh, that, is, <laughs> that is not a thing. I personally have never, ever sat in the green seats never. for a Cardinal game. I would love to, uh, but uh, I kind of like my view for a lot of these games as well. But if I get green seats, just know this, I will start passing them out. I'll be the Oprah Winfrey, uh, Winfrey of green seats, okay? I had green seats one time, not from Brad, of course. He just stated that. And the one game I sat there was a day game. I had my hat on backwards and got absolutely sunburnt. Oh, and I no. had a line on my forehead. That was not a good choice, sir. So I will not be sitting in the green seats during the daytime anytime soon. Obviously because I'm right here. Well, so. of course. We are all here. We are all enjoying it. And we are hoping that you all will have a happy new year. BT, thank you so much for joining us. Marcy, great job today. Thank you. Uh, we will be back January 2nd, Tuesday. Anthony Stalter, myself, Jamie Rivers. You can catch us from 2 to 6. We will have a great time. We'll have great fun when the new year begins. The Blues drop the puck tonight at 7 p.m. The pregame show will begin at 6. Joey Vitale, Chris Kerber, Alex Ferrario will be all present, and they will be enjoying the great time. And hopefully the Blues get another win tonight. We will be looking forward to it. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.